Oh my gosh, it's Hotline League episode 169. We're not making a 69 joke because we did that 100 episodes ago. We're, mm. we're keeping it classy tonight, okay? No one acknowledge it. No one just pretend it's it's all fine. A uh, lot of cool stuff to talk about. I was worried that it would be a very boring episode, but then some crazy stuff happened over the past couple of days. And, 100 uh, have our back. Joining me to talk about that is my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. He's over here. That's me. That's him. How you how you how you doing, Mark? Uh, pretty good. I just watched uh, fuck what was it Map of Tiny Perfect Things? I don't know, man. They're all there's so many. Is that it's an like anime? a naming. No, it's a why. Uh, how deep you want to go right now? I don't. It's we got. It's a kind of a quiet episode. We can just banter. Go for it. Okay, so I don't know what's going on with naming conventions, but like ever since Pretty Little Liars or maybe Big Little Lies, I don't know when this trend started, but everyone just names everything little, tiny, perfect, big, broken, you know, like little fires everywhere, big little lies. Uh, fuck, I don't know. This one, tiny map of perfect little things. Everything is, is titled like this. Uh, so it's hard to tell exactly what you're going to get into. This was a Groundhog's Day, but basically the YA art kid indie version okay. um and it's so into a movie yeah turn imagine like a really generic version of fault in our stars matched up with groundhog day and like none of the humor of palm springs okay. or happy death day okay. so <laughs> it's really not an enjoyable experience at least it wasn't for me it was it was really generic and i was like all right here we go see i'd heard i heard people were doing this in anime because i think Avli told me about it because there was a an anime that's like my boyfriend is a slime and it's totally crazy that he's a slime or something like that. I forget. Yeah, what every is. every every there's a million isekai right now and they're all like, is it wrong to pick up girls in the dungeon? I'm a slime, but that's okay. Or like, I don't know. They're they're really fucking stupid. I hate isekais. They're a plague. Well, I don't know what that is, but I'm sorry that you feel that way. Portal uh, fantasy. <laughs> Portal jo- fantasy from Japan. Joining us at what time is it? Amazing. Uh, it's 4.08 over here in the morning. 4.08 in the morning. He'll be probably seeing the sun come up during this show. Is amazing. I, so. uh, I I asked around desperately. I was like, is anyone who's ever been associated with 100T in any way whatsoever available? And we found a man who who lives on another continent. No, uh, that's not true. I, I Actually, it was perfect timing because I had reached out to Amazing about a week or so ago. And said, "Do you want to come on the show ever? I know the time zones are really bad because obviously people love you in content and on analyst desks and stuff. But I figured the timing might be bad. But you said you could do it. I mean, I'm playing solo key anyway, so might as well, you know. Might as well. Uh, either way, how are you? How are you been? Um, pretty pretty good. I mean, obviously this year has been different for me because I have taken a basically a year off from competitive." I suppose so. It's been a different experience, but um, yeah, it's been good to recharge. I would say, been good to recharge. Well, I'm I'm glad that you've been able to take some time to yourself, and it's cool to have you on the on the show. Uh, I'm rebalancing some audio based off of some stuff that I've heard people say. Um, okay. But either way, thank you, thank you, amazing for uh, for making the time to do this. I'm excited to, oh, to get thanks into for having me. the show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Alienware uh, for sponsoring the show and Game Fuel, and behind me. It's a little out of focus right now, but is the new Travis Gafford Industries Game Fuel Fridge, uh, which is in my office and is probably too large to fit in here 
in a good way. So it might actually get moved to a different location. But either way, thank you to Game Feel. I'll zoom in on it, I think, whenever we, we do the, the Game Feel plug. But either way, uh, thank you to Game Feel. So some stuff happened this week. Uh, and I think all of it was 100T related. I, is there anything that happened this week that was that was not uh, 100T related? I'll, I'll check, but honestly, I, I don't know. Oh, is, um, oh, VCS is not able to uh, to participate, right. which is sad because they had, I mean, when they announced MSI, I think they made a big deal about how, like, they were able to figure it all out, everything was going to be good, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we were all excited to have them here, and then that's that's not an option. So didn't they um, also perma perma been a guy that yeah yeah has... I mean, <laughs> that happened a couple of weeks ago uh, I think yeah but yeah they've definitely been in the news more and more lately. Uh, hundred T or sorry TSM just dropped a Academy player, but uh, bip, but I don't know if we're going to talk about that because we don't tend to talk too much about Academy. But if anybody's got some some sick news on that, that would be great. Uh, I'm sure about, there's some OST people who can complain about it. Uh, we Abby got is, is OST, if you didn't know. Proving ground stuff uh, that we can talk about too. If anybody wants to give an update, if anybody's been following that, uh, and then obviously there's all this crazy. Actually, I do want to. You know, I we're gonna probably preview MSI when we get closer and closer. But I I do want to ask Amazing here in a second what he thinks of the stuff that happened recently in the LEC. Uh, finals and playoffs and all that stuff because we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody uh, from the LEC side about that yet so um, curious about that and then I think uh, that's mostly it I guess we have LPL finals if somebody wants to chat about that uh, I have not watched it I don't know if Mark has either uh, but uh, I watched part of it it was sad don't yeah. be dead well um, so the, t the 100 T stuff is obviously Zix out, Reapered in, and then not Niski, which I'll I'll you know I just to to throw a little bit of a little bit of credit out to some of the other folks who had previously said it was supposed to be Niski. I had heard this as well. I think it probably got very close to that, and then uh, seems like last minute it switched over to Abadage. Did I say that right? Abadage. You don't know how to say his name. I've said it a couple times previously. He's and been I, playing for years, and I like know. usually, but it's it, but this is not. It's not like you don't I'm have talking any interaction with him, you know. So I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I've uh, not interviewed. Don't him. Don't defend him. <laughs> I have not interviewed him, and like I've heard it pronounced about five different ways across different casts, analyst desks, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, my apologies, and then. Uh, there's some rumors too around the money that's involved in all this stuff. There's a great, uh, <laughs> there was a great little interaction between Nade Shot and some folks on on Twitter earlier, uh, which uh, I'll see if I can pull it up. But uh, some of the EG folks, one of whom I believe is in this chat, mentioned that they they felt like uh, the league ecosystem was disgusting if the numbers were about what people thought they were. I'll go ahead and pull it up. Actually, Amazing, I think, was also in that chain uh, sharing his of opinion. Course. Sorry for the folks who don't want to see light mode, but this is what happens when I just pull up a blank browser uh, into it. Uh, but yeah, there was this rumor that they got a million dollar buyout and uh, 
Savvy, who works for EG, was commenting and saying it's bad, and Nade Shot replying with the question marks. And then Amazing, you're somewhere down here, right? You said it was okay? Thanks. Yeah. Great contribution, Mark. Um, what? <laughs> Someone tagged me. I was like, what do you think? I'm like, I'm, fuck, I don't care. Uh, but let, maybe let's start off a little bit with that. Um, amazing. What What was it that you were saying in this chain? You actually feel like the million-dollar buyout is, is appropriate. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you look at the situation, obviously, that one of these find themselves in is that obviously they needed a mid laner, right? It was really clear from last last split. It was really clear from last year. And with the upcoming free agency, like at least in my head, and it made sense too, um, it is obvious that they had to strike now to a certain extent. Otherwise, it would probably come into a bidding war for certain mid laners that are going to be free agents again, right? Abadag being one of them, obviously. So I assume that they basically had to pay a premium in order to lock him up before that even happened, right? Before you have to go into bidding war for the free agency. And I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think I don't think one million dollars or euros, whatever it is, is like that high of a buyout, depending on on the salary that you give Abadage, right? If this guy, I don't know what he earns, right? He could earn anything between one hundred and fifty to five hundred, something in between. I have no idea, but I I don't think that if he had another split under his belt and Shaq would perform well again, that he would be as cheap as he is now. So yep. I do think that must be it. I think, uh, especially in context of some of the other buyouts that we had heard thrown around last year and some years before, you know, like whatever what was it, six million for Perks and like one point five for Vulcan, or you know, like some numbers of like that that you, that we heard before. Uh, oh, Travis is struggling with his old boomer tech. <laughs> I got, I got, I had shown this on screen, but for some reason it didn't go through. So there we go. Uh, but now people can see the Twitter chain, and then and then I was saying a great contribution, yeah. Mark, because Mark was down here just uh, memeing. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know, amazing, because the thing is, is like it makes a lot of sense to me when I don't know if, if it makes any sense to me. But given the context around other buyouts and that type of stuff, it makes sense to me when you're like, hey, we're gonna spend this much money at the beginning of the season, uh, and we are going to get this player who will play with us for at least the full season. And this is like a very, very, I actually, never mind. I'm not going to finish that because I, I'm just, people are going to get pissed at me for saying like, it's, it's not good. Well, I don't think, I don't think that he's not, it's just, it's not like a perks level pickup. Right. Uh, I mean, I think there were some other folks on, on Twitter. Actually, let me ask you amazing. How good is he in the LEC? I mean, rank him? he should be worse than Caps. He should be worse than Humanoid. He should be worse than Larson. But I think that's the list. I think he's top four, top five around that area. So he's middle um, of the pack. I mean, top four or five is above average. So I guess it's middle of the pack, but it's only if you define the middle of the pack from five to eight, uh, seven or something like that. Right? Where yeah, else would you define the middle of the pack? Like, well, there's, there's... I mean... Sorry, go ahead. It's kind. It can. It kind of is, but he's, he's he's upper middle. Let's say he's upper middle class. That's how I will put it. Okay. Okay. So okay. he he's he's up there, and I I do think that he has he still has a lot of upsides in terms of his clutch performances because I do think that over the last couple of I mean honestly over the last split and the split before that he has really matured as a player where I can actually see that he's not scared to make plays anymore. He's not scared to screw up anymore, and he has a wide 
wide range of champions at this point, right? He can still play the likes of Akali, but he's really good on control mages, and I don't see any like weakness with him um, that I may see with with more specialized mid laners, such as, uh, for example, like someone like like Larson slash Power of Evil, who are more likely more prone to overplay on the control mages, right? And are not going to be as flexible in other metas. So uh, he's a bit of a jack of all, jack of all trades. Uh, and he's like, I don't know, good on all, I would say. I was going to throw in um, just, you know, you can define middle of the pack as like top to bottom ranking, or you can define it more based off skill. And so like, sometimes there's not a huge difference to your point between two, three, and four. Um, and you might still put him fourth, but you're not saying it's like, oh, he's middle of the pack in talent or skill. Uh, yeah. There's like median and then mean. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Like, you know, he could be he could be rated 85 out of 85, and the people above him are like 86, 87, then like 92, and then you're like, all right, well, obviously he's still fucking good, but you know, ends, he, ends up placing him fourth. What is he in mode? I get all these mixed up in my head, dude. Mean, right. median, mode. I don't know what they all actually are. There's just math terms I throw around. Anyway, uh, okay, so he's good. I guess it's just like. We're talking about a million dollars. You can almost buy a house in Los Angeles for that type of money. Like that is a lot of money to spend on a buyout um, in the middle of the year on a roster. Like, like here's the fucking scary thing. Wait, so Travis, you're saying that it'd be better for esports orgs to invest in real estate in Los Angeles than in players? In <laughs> yes. Yes, Are you I kidding me? Partially, yes. <laughs> that is the most. Tr that's the easiest <laughs> statement ever. Put that money in like a mutual fund, you'll get much better results. <laughs> Esports collapses to become the new banking industry. You, you literally put that money in Dogecoin, and you will you will get infinitely better returns <laughs> than spending it on a roster in LCS. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I think the scary thing for Hunter T right now is they spent a ton of money to acquire talent from Golden Guardians. They then spent a ton of money on uh, signing the rest of their talent. Someday he's got to have uh, a lucrative contract, especially now that he's got a green card, although maybe they didn't renegotiate around that or something like that. But And then I've heard that the Reaper number is a significant uh, situation. Like mid, the rumor is it's a uh, per split, like mid six figures again, rumor, rumor, not reporting rumor. So I just think about how much money has been spent on this roster and the coaching situation and all this stuff. Imagine this team gets fourth again and, and T like they have to, you, you are spending all this money just to really hope that you're going to edge out TSM and get that that world spot because otherwise this will be a very expensive experiment um, i mean are, are they above spending spending in uh compared like compared to the likes of c9 tl and tsm or are they still below that like despite the numbers yeah so i think that they have to be among them now um i i think it's really tough because then it gets complicated when you start including like the buyouts and all that stuff um, yeah. I definitely think TSM and C9 were on another level this year when it comes to spending just from the buyouts that they had to spend and then the crazy salaries. 
So TL, I think who used to be the first, I, I don't think is anymore. I've got some, I'll do, I've got a video coming on it, but now I, I have to wonder if Hunter T is up there. Uh, but I think what's crazy is I, I, from my understanding, you have this, this fat chunk of money that's now been spent on the top four teams and then just a giant drop off on the rest, which I think is also going to be represented in the skill level that you see in the LCS this year, where you're going to see these top four that are really competitive. And then I don't know if anybody else can even enter that, that conversation. So, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, to the point about throwing more money in the middle of the split and maybe missing worlds, like that was already a concern with this roster, you know, like you're kind of doubling down, but at least from what we saw from spring split, they already had a losing hand and like they were going to probably not make worlds, uh, despite already buying out a bunch of golden guardians roster and stuff like that part was already done. So I, I'm kind of, I mean, like, I'm I'm pretty down with a lot of these moves. I mean, I don't I feel like know this is a sunk cost fallacy situation here. It's like, well, we've already spent the money, so we have to commit more to make sure. It would be a else. sunk cost fallacy if TSM, I think, like looked incredible, but because then it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to catch them anyways. But like, do I? I mean, maybe this yeah. is something we can talk about on the show. But it's like, do we really think you can't catch TSM if you upgrade your mid lane? All the the crazy thing is, uh, let's just assume, and I don't know if this is a safe assumption because maybe one of these teams will fall down a little bit. But like, assuming TL and C9 go. Either TSM or 100T are not going to go, and those one of those teams will have spent so much fucking money to not make it to Worlds. Which Wait, is... doesn't the MSI winner get another seed? Is that how it works? So. You're funny. <laughs> You're a funny guy. <laughs> this yeah, clip but... is going to look great whenever C9 <laughs> wins MSI, and we get all four to go. That's the massive plan. It's, it's like... It's, hey. um, they, they, yeah, they're just waiting for C9 to win, and they'll stay at the fourth seed. So. <laughs> Our odds are even better already because one yeah. of the teams is already out of MSI. So even as of today, um, our chances of winning MSI got even better. All right. We'll talk about that stuff in a little bit uh, as well. We'll take some calls, I think. People can say whether or not they think this is great, if they think TSM is going to get edged out. I don't know. Um, amazing. Let's talk a little bit about... Uh, the LEC stuff. So how yeah. how surprising is it as for you, somebody who is uh, a very prominent LEC person, uh, what ended up happening in the playoffs and the, fall, the old Kings, new Kings, blah, blah, blah meme that, that exists right now? I mean, I'm still relatively baffled by how bad G2 looked and out of place they looked. Um, it was almost like watching a team like trying to figure out who they are in the middle of the playoffs. And I think that's kind of the biggest issue I saw with them. Usually when you have like a veteran team, right, over the course of the split, they, they start badly, you know, then they start, they get a little bit better, get the synergy going. At some point you basically click, right? And that's your end of the season performance. But with them, it felt like that in the playoffs, they suddenly had to re-identify who they are and who they want to be. And maybe had a bit to do with bad meta read which probably was the case um because obviously Kama bottom wasn't really uh, that effective nor was the over um overplay on the Kama top like, just in general karma i guess for the team and that they did not build up like multiple threats and i think it, it to me felt like that the team got a bit lazy um and they were scared to make something happen. They were really scared. So what, what this points to me, at least like that's what I think it must have happened in scrims, is that they got probably destroyed in a lot of scrims by both Mad Lions and Rogue, maybe even by other teams. 
and they just didn't know what to do anymore. And they just had to grasp for solutions and that's the best they came up with. They're almost, so that's an assumption. almost similar to C9 last year where they started to slip and they couldn't find their footing at fast enough, I guess. Uh, I don't know but if Mark, you think that's an apt analogy. I was going to say not, not exactly for me because the C9 slip was a lot more like steady and like, you know, they started losing and it just kept going and it was, yeah, they fell off the face of the earth. Um, but it happened over the course of like the entire back half of the regular season into postseason. Whereas this was like, you know, G2 was like, they weren't as dominant in Europe as C9 was in NA for that portion. And then they didn't become like shit for a large portion of the season. They like just struggled in playoffs to amazing's point. Like they finished the regular season number one still. Um, and so like, you know, like he's saying, it, it seems like it's a lot more. Something went wrong in a, a shorter window than than C nine. Yeah, no. I, well, I Twitch. Think, I think so too. Twitch chat so. is uh, constantly going in on since since this came up. Like, oh, they lost their captain. Oh, they lost their leader. This is what happens whenever that that gap occurs. I'm I'm curious. Amazing. Do you think that that's it? Is there a chance that oh man, if only they'd had perks, they would have figured this stuff out, or they it would have been better for them. Yeah, I mean, I do think there is merit in that. Like, so I have only played with Reckless for a short time, but I obviously knew him before before that, and I only have interacted with Perks. So I can kind of I can kind of see like the differences in personalities, you know, like at least like and assume like how their behavior is like over a long period of time in a team environment. Um, what it feels to me is that Perks is someone that is really outgoing, really tries to solve problems openly. Um, and he would sometimes like sacrifice himself in order to make other people better. And then like, you know, at some point when other people are good enough, he builds himself up. That's at least what I've seen like from, from his teams, um, especially 2019 when he was shit as an indie carry to begin with, like he really mightily struggled. Um, at the end of the split, he really turned it up and some point became like one of the best indie carries in Europe, if not the best indie carry, right? So he seems to be someone that is like really problem solving oriented and tries to like basically lead the team to like function together. I think for reckless, it's kind of the opposite. I'm not saying that he doesn't problem solve, but I don't think he does it in a way that it's like, it's outwardly uh, product productive in the way that it's for, with perks, where I think about reckless from what I've seen from my interactions with him is that he's really critical of his own play. And if he does mistake, if he doesn't feel confident in his own play, that really like shows, that really shows, and that really like he becomes outwardly uh, like uh, self-doubting, and then like his teammates feel that, and he doesn't quite participate anymore in like the team solutions. So, yeah, I, I do think that like Perks' inability to just problem solve and honestly lead even when he's playing badly, it was probably missing throughout the playoffs. Well. It's it's an, an interesting situation uh, for sure because you you have to wonder how much like how how weird it feels for that team who I think has had so much success for so long to suddenly be in the situation where they've they've missed and I'm I'm very fascinated to see what ends up happening in the summer. Uh, here here's my follow up. Amazing, I you mentioned earlier that uh, pointed out that perhaps there's a world where we could secure an additional spot at Worlds. I you know, as the, the idiot LCS fan, I have been a little more hopeful about our chances yeah. given, yeah. you know, I've seen G2 come in like this dark force for a while now and just sweep us away. 
And given that they are not going to be there, and perhaps there's some, uh, you know, a little less experienced roster, uh, do do you think there's a world where perhaps LEC is not a big blocker for us, and perhaps we end up getting crushed at LPL by LPL or LCK? I mean, I think the best of ones could still be hard against Matt Einstein because like the preparation seems to be really like superb. Uh, I mean, they, the way that they answer like every single call in the best of fives was obviously there, but I do think that also translates now, like that confidence that they have now achieved, like translates into a best of one system. Um, and they've always been decent or good at, at preparing for openings. Um, and there's so much info now about C9 that I think, like, for example, like they could still dom- dominate the best of one, but it's not the same. Like, you don't have perks on that team anymore. So, like, obviously, what we just talked about, like, the leadership is kind of lacking, like, in terms of, like, what what lines is going to bring to the table um and you also don't have like honestly the best individual players like that europe can send on the mad lines team like i don't think they are individually the best players i think they just really function well as a team so um yeah i'm i'm a lot more hopeful for c9 i do think that c9 should be the favorites against my lines in like i mean by 60 40 if not 70 30. that's all i need to have just a little bit of hope uh, you've given me what I need before every international event, which is the the hope that we'll get crushed um, shortly into the ser- into the. No, but event. but seriously, like if you think about the C9 roster, it's not just. I mean, it's obviously the roster, like having like perks, obviously on the team and 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 Niels, uh, slash Sven, whatever it is. Like, so I know that they they already work like together and they have that, but the coaching staff, if you like, is insane. And I'm I'm mostly talking about my experience with Mithy. Like from him playing with him and interacting with him, this guy is beyond driven about like trying to fix everything that is hap- like going wrong with his team, and um, he is really similar to Perks in that uh, that regard. That I don't think he would ever accept his team being bad, and I think that's something that like some has sometimes haunted NA. As dumb as it sounds, that people were just accepting of oh we're worse than other teams because of a- X Y Z like infrastructure, and then. Uh, they came to uh, offline events, and then that confidence was lacking. I don't think that's going to happen with Mithy uh, on that team. Oh, this is so cool to hear. I'm very excited about this. Um, I uh, I really appreciate what you're doing for me right now, even though it's going to hurt so bad when things somehow go wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, I think we've, we've jibber-jabbered for a while now. Uh, quick shout out to Riot, who it's been about, I think, 10 weeks or so since they haven't commented on the import rule when I've asked about it. So it's cool that they are uh, still saying silent and uh, no press conferences around spring finals. Interesting. Uh, Mark, you want to explain how the show goes? Yeah. So this is a live call show. It's uh, posted the links in Discord. Go ahead and join up. Uh, once you get here, join the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channel and mute your microphone once you get in there. And then up above in the Pleb Topics text channel, you're going to go ahead and write it in whatever it is you want to talk about. Or if you have a question for Amazing, we can then go grab you and pull you into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn to go on air. Uh, We'll do a quick mic check to make sure everything sounds good. And then we will have you in here talking with us after that. And if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, be sure to put your take in the Subtopics channel after you've synced up your your twitch and your uh discord stuff because that would be great and uh you can you can see it everything will be fantastic uh if you grab the first person yeah it looks like mark already has a couple people so why don't we do that uh while that is happening shout out to some folks who have subbed 
uh, ESN Josh, Max Drixton gifted a sub, Caruse, uh, Meshbeard, Eugene Eugene, Boxcar Ramsey, Team Hezzy, uh, Nasty Orange, Skojay, Aquatic Banana. Thanks, everybody, for the subs. Really do appreciate it. I see a lot of 100T people in the chat tonight. Uh, we're, it's a very 100T episode, and they've all shown up. Uh, Sorry. No, you're good. War script. where are you calling from? Hi, uh, I'm calling from Germany, actually. Oh, my. Another person yeah. staying up very late. It's 4 a.m. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should really do that. Maybe after this. Uh, War script. what, did you stay up because of amazing? Is this going to be a very amazing specific question? Oh, yes, definitely. I oh, no. <laughs> what do, what do you no, want to talk about uh, on the show? Uh, so you already mentioned the import thing. I am glad you actually didn't forget. I was getting worried because I missed the last show. But I wanted to talk about, well, the import rule again, just for a, f for a little bit. Uh, since 100 Thieves is now a full import roster, considering they will probably start Abedage. If not, then goodbye 1 million, I guess. Um, so I thought that would be a good moment to bring this up again and to think about if or how the changes should be made well let me let me ask you as an lec i assume you're an lec fan yes okay so what are you an lcs hater are you the type of person that shows <laughs> up when the lec raids the lcs chat and spams and is like haha amerifats yeah, burgers etc et i i stopped uh having twitch <laughs> that enabled on uh, the right broadcasts very, okay very good idea Regardless, do you do you do you like LCS? Do you watch it, or are you like very I uh, very will admit, oh, Sorry, um, I will admit I watched it less this year, but I used to watch all of LCS, all of LEC, all of LCK, which isn't possible anymore. But I want the LE LCS to be good, and I really enjoyed it back in uh, even 2018 and like early 2019. I thought it was actually very nice to watch um, and I... I just want to propose an idea how to kind of improve NA from my view really quickly can I ask why you stopped watching LCS uh, so I will say mostly the broadcast it is just it, it feels lacking and uh, yeah I know I'm sorry Mark <laughs> it's not even that I think the personalities are bad or anything I mean, like, most of the people, well, now not anymore, but up until recently, most of the people used to be there, like, a few years ago, too. Um, but I, it just feels like less content. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Well, I, I, we don't need to talk into that. I just, whenever somebody calls in and says they don't watch it as much anymore, I'm always very curious. Travis uh, is always looking for people to blame me. Yeah. And... <laughs> Well, yeah, you you don't need to say sorry, Mark. You know, you can definitely. I agree. Yeah, I, I know. I know it was more of a joke. Uh, um, but no, yeah. no, okay. Let's so let's. You have a solution on how to help the LCS, uh, and it sounds like it's somewhat regarding the import rule situation. Yeah, I mean, calling it a be all end all solution maybe a little bit uh, too much, but like my take on this at least would be that first of all, no change that is made will improve NA. In the short term, like the first thing that has to happen is that teams or whoever is behind the decisions start thinking long term, because if you take 
the LEC as uh, a parallel. Like compared to like 2017, it was full of imports. It wasn't doing well internationally. All that didn't come overnight. It was years of investment in the, uh, what's it called? The, 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 the regional, regional leagues. leagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, years of investment and slowly the, I, I, I want to call, I want to be more generous, but I don't ever want the washed up imports uh, were like going out and new talent was coming in. And I mean, it's not like we don't have any imports, but now it's more like it's way less. And it's also way more from like uh, uh, smaller regions. Like, I mean, Mad Lions won uh, LEC with Armut in top lane. So like those regions have talent too. And I mean, you can also see it in NA with all the players from Osh, willingly or not. That's another thing. But I, to get to the point, my solution for this that I thought of would be to have this year and next year, like if the decision was made today, have this year and next year kind of continue like it is. But at the end of 2022, the rules would, would be only two imports per team and the definition to be a um, when you become a resident, when you get grandfathered in, I think. Yeah, they don't do the grandfathering in thing anymore. I mean, because the rules things, but... Are you talking about where you had to spend a certain number of years in the in the region? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you spend like four or five years in NA at once, play in the tier one league, not not academy, tier one LCS team, um, and then you are considered a resident. So if you yeah. do that, like, like I know he retired, but like Bjergsen would have been a resident, and so uh, I guess someday. 100T would still be allowed to. Oh well, maybe you're suggesting someday you, you should you say green cards should not be the thing that allows them to. Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah. So you you want to, you want it to be earlier when when you want it to happen then. Uh, the residency when when should it come in for you? I mean, my suggestion would be four years maybe. So like you play four years yeah. at once, and then boom, no import okay. anymore. How long has someday been in? It's, has it been three or is it four? Is he in his? Pretty sure it's four. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay, so then he, he would all, he would actually count. He would have counted from the beginning of this year. So hundred Except... T would be, I believe, a legal team. Like a, they'd be able to field it underneath your current situation war script, even though people are saying ah, that's all imports. Because of the Oshul, yes, I guess. Yeah. Do you think that... o well? Well, they have to do something with Oceania, right? Because that region doesn't exist anymore. Are you suggesting they remove that rule, or do you think it's still okay to keep that? That is a little bit more complicated, so I don't want to get too much into that. I sure. think there is a better solution. That's all I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I, make, I mean, it makes sense, yeah. Uh, so, mean... uh, I guess my only confusion here war script is i feel like almost everything stays the same like it sounded like you were suggesting imp there are too many imports in the lcs but if the rule is if, if the rules become again that sort of old system of four years you become a resident oceania is allowed to be a thing it sounds like you you don't want to debate that one too much and then uh you know these some these former players or whatever are grandfathered in then we Nothing would really change in LCS, right? 
the goal of this would be to have temporary temporary stability and of course the second part of this would be that teams actually invest into talent so that in time like let's say five six years down the line you have more native players than right now because right now i didn't count it but i think like half the players is technically non-na and that's, yeah, that's, that's that is a lot and i, I mean, mean there, there's like you know all the stuff with everyone all washed up blah 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 so, i mean i i think i think na has that issue where okay i mean the issue is really simple actually i, I think you talked about this like by talking about regional leagues it's simply that there's no incentive to build up grassroots like leagues you know that's na's issue there's no incentive so like you need to have like you need to have a steady flow of imports in order to up the level because then it becomes like trickle down uh um like kind of like professional play where like the top decides what the bottom like how good the bottom can be whereas in europe it's actually the other way around like the bottom decides how good the top can be due to the grassroots that we now have established where we have regional leagues coming up where we have like even secondary ter and tertiary league or whatever that that term is called like third the third uh, mm -hmm. league third tier yeah in. yeah where it's like we we now have the ability to actually pick and choose in the eu we don't have that like you will never have that in na unless you somehow establish like a willingness to actually participate in a grassroots experiment you know so um i i think i think maybe lowering the the import i mean the the residency time to three years maybe four years but that was it, probably the exact same issue would you would continue to have the same issues that you have now where like you will have an import driven league you know so i don't think that's going to change uh, that incentive to to invest is just not there. I mean, you mentioned there's no incentive, amazing, but supposedly 100T just spent a million dollars to get a player from Europe, right? Like that sounds like a million dollar incentive to be able to find to have like native talent in North America. You know, for for like a team like 100T or TSM or C9 or TL, these guys are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on their rosters, and they are. Definitely not making that money back. I mean, again, they should just go buy houses in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> no, and then mean, on, yeah. on the bottom side, right, Golden Guardians is not going to be able to stay competitive with uh, these teams or FlyQuest or whoever in a world where, like, there's not an ecosystem that allows them to, to bring in strong North American talent that have been cultivated over many, many years in like a great ecosystem. And so like, it feels like the whole league has a huge incentive to be, to ha to currently have like a, uh, a development thing. I just, it feels like there's not that long-term thinking. Like it doesn't feel like a lot of these organizations, like the mentality just isn't there on, on how to approach this. And I don't think until this year, Riot has done a great job of also thinking, how do we do a better, how has, Riot has not done and been very proactive in considering how they create a great development system in North America. I mean, yeah, I think that that's that's probably probably the thing. Like, I think maybe that's why the long term thinking wasn't there. Like, I agree with you that there's an incentive for all, obviously, to save money or to like basically utilize native talent in order to like build. Like, I mean, honestly, it's it's just to save money, build cheaper rosters per, uh, potentially, or maybe to like create more flexibility in terms of roster building because then you can utilize imports again by having like stronger domestic players, obviously. 
um, it, it, it's just like if you look at if you look at the viewership right now, we are, like, and I think this year that's what you just said, Travis, is that this year we we now have the first time where we actually see like amateur tournaments coming up again, right? And I think the way that Riot has honestly killed off like the amateur scene over the last couple of years due to the implementation of LCS, LEC, whatever it is, like there there has not been a great incentive for anyone to actually like compete in those lower lower leagues, amateur leagues, right? In NA, we still have that new, but that's also Riot driven, right? Riot decided to create those. Uh, because like there were grassroots movements and then the Ariel leaks were appropriated by Riot to a certain extent, right? They took them on and then they basically make them made them uh, made them Riot product. Whereas like you never had that in NA after IPL after like whatever it is like um, got killed off. You know you didn't have that same grassroots movement, and I don't think that that Riot did a good job at even like promoting the possibility for it. Because it seemed like that every single tournament that was even in the making was destroyed or nixed by them, you know, like completely just like negated. You never had. I mean, I think it was. Like, yeah, I think it was a little bit. I mean, Riot would have, to my understanding, been okay with these tournaments existing as long as they didn't have LCS players in them. My personal belief is that there just hasn't been enough of a financial incentive to run these things. It's the concern. I mean, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it is the broader concern that I have around. Uh, proving grounds right now is that like i think a lot of these or these tournaments are planning on are running these things these organizers are planning on running these things under the idea that they're going to make good money and they're going to get good sponsors and that type of thing i'm not i'm not sure if that's going to happen because i don't think that the viewership potential is there i've gone i did that whole video before so i don't want to go back down it again but like <laughs> uh i look i think the proving ground stuff is a step in the right direction i think it's really good i wish we had done it multiple years ago because i think we'd be in a better place now i just think it also is going to require a mentality shift across the board from the teams and realizing that they need to invest in this stuff and they really need to care about it and they need to be collaborative with riot on it and i also Ooh. think yes. um it's going to take a, a mentality shift among the lcs fans to know that like i i don't know <sighs> Well, so can I let me yeah, let me chime in here ahead. about the whole like investing from orgs. I think like what we saw through the academy system is like you just can't trust teams to do that, and that's one of the things that mm. the ERL system doesn't really do. And I think you can talk about like having roster space, which is where the import part of this discussion comes from. But like the academy system, largely, I mean, like hasn't been great. I think because a lot of teams didn't care, and there wasn't like a ton of. Um, and I know there are a lot of hardworking people who, who want it to succeed, but like, I mean, I've talked to different orgs at different times who have said like, yeah, we don't really care about it. And, uh, I mean, that's gotten better. I think over time, it's gotten for better, a while, but like, it was I really mean, bad. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that I was talking with a, a GM about how, just how much of a shit show, like organizing scrims and Academy was and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like it's generally not a great system. I think the idea of riot was like, Hey, teams will be able to invest in these like little sister teams that are going to be great and yada 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 and i just don't think it ever sh shook out that way um, you know and that's why i'm, I'm glad to see sorry to, to finish up yeah, here, no. like why i'm glad to see proving grounds come back and hopefully as a, a better way of showcasing talent and like now that like you're saying lcs players can go and play in it not really lcs more academy players but like you see a, a broader interest it also i think drives viewership more like amateur tournaments had no real reason to be watched previously to that point like why would i watch the third rate players play. So I'm the academy players of like the next generation who might break in. 
And even if some of them were good enough to, they didn't get a chance to prove it against the existing academy players. So I think this is a lot better system for viewership and hopefully will, um, I mean, obviously proving grounds is not gonna be a 50K viewed thing or it doesn't sound like it will be, but it's still probably better than amateur tournaments would have been in the old academy system. LCS scenario is a 50K viewed thing. So <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, oh no. War script. One, Go ahead. Wait, one, one final solution or uh, suggestion just uh, to close this off. Wanna kill two birds with one stone? Kill Academy and make it so that across the board, colleges are team-based. So you have like City 1 Immortals, New York, TS, oh, I guess CLG, uh, whatever this. And then it's like geolocation and a better talent system. Boom. I think the geolocation okay. thing is interesting. The problem is if you end up doing geolocation, if you if you have these teams geolocate <laughs> their academy and amateur teams, they are essentially geolocating their LCS yeah. team, right? Like that's you can't really make that decision exclusively yeah, yeah, at yeah. the tier two and tier three thing. And I think that that opens up a whole nother can of worms in terms of yeah, the college that's, stuff. That's, I think it's also it's weird. What were you gonna say? That that was just a meme that wasn't that serious, but yeah anyways i mean it's inner i mean i do think it's interesting right it's like because one of the fat the cool things about europe and their system is you get this kind of like natural attention whenever france and spain play and I, there's not really like a great corollary for what we have over here it's like look an eg team is playing an eg team eg t fans turn it tune in to see um, it's it's kind of a, a weird system in comparison, I think. Um, damn it! Why, why has the like why has the college scene not actually picked up in NA like to the extent that it has like for example with the NCAA obviously in basketball and everything like that because like people know that the NCAA is a lower quality product like supposedly than the NBA right but still people identify with it like I think it's because to... people watch that stuff because they went to college at that place twenty years ago. Um, and I don't think that the, the incentives are the same for colleges on the league side as they are in the esports side in general as they are in traditional sports. And so that's, yeah. that's been the tough thing there, right? Is like, it just, it's not as easy. Um, damn it. I had one. Oh, I will say this final, final thing on this topic. I think Warscript that your... I think there's a good chance that all this conversation we're having about how like, oh, we really want teams to invest in native talent and blah, blah, blah. I think that stuff is going to happen in the next one to two years anyway, because here's the thing. This is just not sustainable anymore for these teams, right? Like if you think 100T is going to spend as much next year as they did this year, if they don't make it to Worlds or TSM, will they spend as much next year if, as they did this year if they don't make it to Worlds, right? Like these teams are going to start dropping uh, the the amounts that they're paying. And I think when they are no longer competing against each other and driving up prices, like I just, I think if I'm an LCS pro, I'm trying to get the cash that I can right now because I don't think it's going to necessarily be around for you in the next couple of years at the same level it is. So, uh, Warscript, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we uh, take a quick break? Uh, Yeah, I guess shout out to GameView. I want to try that. And also shout out to Ocelot for making NA great again. Yes. <laughs> he, he, we had that Twitter interaction that I retweeted from six months ago where he said any G2 player could carry an LCS team to win the, the finals. And then 
I said, I'll take Perks. And sure enough, Perks comes over and then does it for C9. So shout out to Ocelot. Uh, thanks so much, Warscript, for the call. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Tschüss. Tschüss. All right. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. I know we just mentioned Gamefield, but our first ad of the night, first break of the night is uh, to talk about Alienware. Alienware does so much cool stuff for us right now uh, and, and actually all the time. Uh, I think what is really exciting is, uh, man, I like I did a, a TikTok this week where I was showing how excited I am. Amazing. You, you would like the TikTok. I think it would resonate with you. I posted it to my Twitter. Uh, I was it was sort of a celebrating getting vaccinated and thinking about all the great cool events that we we get to go to. And one of the things that I've missed so much, and I know Mark and I, I both really love doing these are the live hotline leagues where people get to come out in person. We have people come up on stage. Uh, we have, you know, guests and co-hosts and all that stuff. It is actually so fun. And I was looking at some pictures as I was getting footage for this um, and some videos. And I just, I miss that so much. And uh, I know it is something that Alienware wants to do. I can't say anything right now officially, but I just, I'm really excited to get back out there again uh, with them as, as we do cool stuff, uh, hopefully in the future as things get safer and we're, you know, allowed to and recommendations allow for that type of thing. But uh, shout out to Alienware. I really appreciate them. They've, they've stood by uh, the show and all my content during the past year and a half as perhaps, you know, I can't go to events and we can't do live hotline leagues and all that stuff. And I just really appreciate their support during all this time. So thank you so much to Alienware. Everyone else, you can go check out alienware.com slash Travis. There's a link in the description. Uh, also check out, I'll put it in the chat right now. If you guys just click that and then maybe click around a little bit, see what you see. It uh, It's quite nice of you. Anyway, Mark, I think we're ready for the next caller. What were, you, what were you reading? You seemed distracted. You seemed engrossed in something. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Mark is off to grab our next caller. Uh, shout out to some subs. Dak Jamkin, Gaiden TV, uh, D9TV gifted sub. Uh, thank you. Chief, four months, Panadad, and Flick Nickum for a whole year. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Amazing. Is the sun coming up yet? Nah, it's 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 looking it's looking too dark. It's looking okay. real dark still. Well, I'm excited. Do you have uh, blackout curtains? Is that what those are? Nah, I mean they no, they're just normal. They don't quite black it out completely, but I guess yeah, no, they're pretty okay. They're pretty okay. Do you miss uh, Do you miss anything about North America? I miss the food. I miss the people. See, whenever I talk about how great the food is, there's a bunch of people from Europe that come out and they scream at me in my Twitter DMs, or not DMs, but mentions, and they say, Europe food is so... But every time I talk to a European that comes over to the US, they say they miss the food. Um, if you're from Spain or Italy, I, I can understand it, but... Oh, Zink, you're very... Zink, you're very breathy right now. Yes. Welcome, welcome I'm, I'm, to the I'm show. sorry, uh, I can... I can do my take and afterwards mute uh, immediately. Yeah, hey, I'm nice. Zink. I'm calling from Unterhaching, Germany. Uh, another <laughs> German year. caller. Yes, uh, for amazing. Um, of course. So my take is basically that um, whatever happens with Abedaga, it, it doesn't matter at all. Um, 100 Thieves needs to work on it on its issues that it uh, has had the whole of spring and. Uh, the team really needs to step up and diversify its playstyle in order to achieve its 
world's uh, challenge. Yeah. Um, yes. You, are you good? Are you excited about Reaper? Do you feel like that's because obviously a lot of people are talking about Abadage, but I don't know about Reaper. Um, for sure, he's had like amazing success with Cloud9. I, I don't want to you know uh, down his accomplishments or anything, but uh, I I don't really think he's the you know the the cure for all problems. I I don't think he's like the medication that will cure everything that's gone wrong in spring. But okay. I mean, so basically. I'm not saying Abedaga will be bad. I'm not saying he will be good. I'm just saying it, it, it's a non-factor. And um, I think they have certain, you know, options to fix their problems, like Rupert, like you mentioned. What do you, what do you, but, th what do you um, think they have to fix? What do you think they have to fix? What is? What do you think? Uh, they really have to get off the one-dimensional playstyle. I mean, they had like this one playstyle that worked. We, Talked about it. You talked about it like the whole split um, with the monitor, and afterwards they tried changing it up and tried to play like more of a standard playstyle with um, with Ryoma, and it just fell flat uh, so hard. So they have to really work on that because Abidage is not going to play like the monitor. I feel like I mean, amazing. You've watched LSE. Yeah. You've commented commented it. Abedage is more of a control mage, uh, stable player. Who will be clutch sometimes, but you will not like solo carry your games or like uh, sack waves to enable your jungler. I feel like. I, th I think the, I think the latter part. Like I understand I understand what you mean. Like I think for, for Abedage, it's like I do think that he's clutch, but I don't think that he's like a NISC kind of player where. He's gonna play the Galio, you know, TF combo, whatever it is, and it's gonna roam on silence 24/7. So he's not gonna be someone that's gonna enable other players. He's gonna be stable for himself. And he's gonna make plays upon his skill level, right? Like based upon his skill level. But I, I do, I do agree with. I, I can kind of see what you mean, like about like the issues that one of these has or had in Spring Split. I think that partially they have been facilitated by Zix. Because from what I've seen, his teams are usually really good at one thing, and that's win lane, group for team fights, and hopefully win the game through that, you know? And that's been like a Tony staple, at least to my estimation. Uh, and every time like his teams have required like more uh, coordination, I think that's when he has fallen flat. Maybe it's just the players that he had, but that's like what I've seen, right? I think Reaper is kind of the opposite, where he's going to enable players like to basically like, find micro synergies within the team comms in order to play off of one another, right? Mid jungle, top mid lane, whatever it is, you know. So he's been really good at that. So he forces more coordination, but he also makes you less lane centric. So it depends on what kind of player you have. Like Reaper can be better for some players, whereas Zix can be better for some players. But that's my, what I think. Well, Mark, yeah, think you it... you and I have have talked just to set this up for you so that you can uh, knock it out of the park. You and I have talked a lot. I remember not too many episodes ago, we were like the, you know, everybody was obsessed with this DeMonte Ryoma thing. And we said it was a red herring. And that's kind of, I I'm happy that hundred T is looking beyond just a mid lane change because it does feel like, you know, just bringing it, 
you would have perpetuated the same issues the same way that the caller had, had mentioned. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think. I mean, I think it's a little different because one of the reasons I think that we talked about Ryoma versus DeMonte being a bit of a red herring was also because, like, I don't think anyone thought there was a huge skill discrepancy in either of them. I think we, we talked about play style, but, like, in terms of just, like, okay, you swap one in for the other. It's not like the lane's suddenly going to, like, they're going to start winning a lot of mid lanes or anything. Like, it's still going to be a weakness for you on the map. I think Abadadi gives you a chance to actually have good matchups, potentially, if you draft around him against some of the other control mage players. Like, I wouldn't have expected Ryoma or DeMonte to do great into PoE. I can see a world where that works for Abadage. So, like, I do think that it is a little different. It will solve some of their problems, but I think the caller and, and Amazing are also right that, like, the team had other issues about team fighting together well, and uh, they always tried to just hard shove their waves. They had, like, picked Renekton topside all the time, despite not actually playing around it, and it would just, like, push in and like get scuttles and get yeah. deep vision, which is like not bad, but it, it's not like they ever actually hard snowballed through top lane. And like they tried to do that through bot lane, but it usually didn't work. And then they would like kind of limp into mid game and maybe stack dragons. And so like I think figuring out their play style and how they want to actually advance their own game plan and pick up wins is still an issue that they'll have to figure out in in summer. Um, but I do think at least you have better tools to fix that problem in Abadage, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, Reaper, we'll have to see. I mean, he's been out for a little while now, but I'm sure he's uh, hungry, you know, after getting let go from C9 to prove himself in some sense again. And he has a lot of really talented players to do that. Well, I will, just as an aside, I, I do want to say, I, I feel like maybe I was a little negative about the money stuff. One thing I am really excited about that 100T did this is like, at the end of last split, it felt. I think Mark, you and I talked, maybe even on the the most recent episode of Hotline League, but maybe the the one two before, and I was just like, I don't know what the hell Hunter T is gonna do. Like it yeah. just felt like it's like, how are they gonna somehow climb the gap between them and TSM, and uh, or you know at least the top three, and it, they were so solidly ahead of everybody else, but like they just weren't there. And I felt you know it would have been I think a very boring discussion who was it that said was it was it last week somebody was saying that uh they they felt like uh north america maybe in one of my interviews the lcs was a two-team league and that it's just like well who's gonna get this third i actually think you know it kind of felt like tsm had that solidly and now 100t committing to this makes our jobs more interesting because it feels like it's gonna actually be very hyped to see how exciting you know it's gonna be potentially if 100t can come in and like push one of these other guys out i don't know it's gonna be very fascinating yeah i like how raz and chess everyone has said that um and whether or not 100 thieves can challenge the top two i mean i still think you can probably make the case it's a two-team league until unless 100 thieves really balls out but like but three go to worlds so if we've got right, but three go to worlds contenders and... <laughs> yeah that's I mean, where I do you guys go. really see tsm as so much worse than tia and c9 did you watch uh, uh their games I, I did team liquid i did but but you know like but still, I, I don't think that TSM is that far off. I think they're just like sometimes really confused about what to do. And I think that's been a growing pain for them because they have so many different play styles on the team, right? That they had to kind of synergize with. And you can make arguments for Huni and Lost to potentially be worse than other counterparts in other teams, obviously. But I, I think the rest of the team is really solid. Like I think Speaker... Paul Vivel and, and Swara can all make, make claims to be top two, top three in their roles, you know? I think Maybe the... the that's so, but... 
Yeah. I think the issue for TSM has been they have the potential, yes. Like you, you look and it's like they've got all the ingredients. But for some reason, they're just not coming together the way that a C9 and TL have. Uh, I don't know, Mark, if you want to more brilliantly explain this, but. I mean, I think even on paper, you know, I think you're right that they have a lot of really good players, amazing. But I think that in general, I would pick TL players more often than not over them um, cool. if if I was like building my own, own roster. Um, and then to Travis's point, I also think that they don't necessarily fit together quite as well as the other ones like Huni and PoE in general to me feel like just pretty different players. Um, and I think that having to figure out how they want to play is something that they're always going to struggle with a little bit. And it, it felt like they ended up leaning more towards the PoE play style um, of a lot more focus on scaling and team fighting and these kinds of things. Um, and Sword Art was pretty good at different points over the season, but it, it didn't feel like they ever became like a Sooning to me or something, you know, like I, when, you know, they, they looked really good. So I, I think that they have the potential, like any team can become better or worse than the sum of their parts, but I still favored the other two teams. And I think the, I think a lot of it too, even for me, I'll admit it, like just bias seeing them lose to the sub TL, even though we saw sub TL then go on to challenge C9 in five games, it's just like the way they lost that series just felt like a dagger in the heart, uh, uh, you know, when, when you the, watch the them lose. The 10K lead, wasn't it? One yeah, game? that and then it was the 10K lead lost one or whatever it was, like eight. It was, it was a big lead. And then the, yeah. the near perfect game to follow it, I think, almost immediately. Maybe it was <laughs> two games later, whatever it was. But it was like two really brutal games to watch. Yeah. And well, you're like, weird, oh, God. What's weird, too, and then we can move on since we've gone completely off topic now. But the... Like this was TSM looked really wonky in the beginning of the year, and everyone was like, "Oh!" And then they got back together. They had like a couple of weeks where they had like a really solid run, and then they were like pretty good after that. But like, it's not like they're, it's not like this felt very fluky. It's like if you actually look at it within the the context of the whole year so far, TSM didn't look good. Then they looked pretty consistent for a very short period of time, and then they didn't look good again. So it's like. It's tough, I think, for people to feel like they have a lot of faith and that this team is, I don't I mean, know. I think there's a higher chance, and that's, I guess, my hot take, that Ooh. someone is another team than TSM will implode and give one of these that third world, world spot. I think it's more likely to me, at least, that TL implode. Actually, TL, TL is more likely to implode than, than TSM is and give up that third world spot. And Damn. The, re the reason why is that I think TL despite their individual abilities and I think their overall like team synergy, if the meta speeds up, I feel a lot of the players will not know what to do. And I think they really benefited from having a really slow and steady, like farm heavy play style, uh, supported by the, like, supported by the meta. Like, I think if, if Lisa and Elise, whatever it is, like Gregsai and the meta speeds up and they have to fight more, uh, I think a lot of the players will feel uncomfortable under these circumstances. Everyone, please remember this so that, and then remind me so I can clip it out and reshare it whenever TL doesn't go to Worlds, but under T and TSM and C9 do. Uh, all right, caller, we've gone completely off topic. I'm sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. We're sorry, I know, but, but <laughs> yeah. just just to bring it back, I, really quick question, guys. If we rerun the whole of uh, Sprigsbit or MSS or whatever with Abadaga instead of Ryoma, does 100 Thieves actually make it to third? Do they beat TSM? God, you Maybe should post question. this show. Yes that's or a, no? 
That's a great conversation. With Reapert or without Reapert? With Reapert, yeah. They make third. With Reaper, they make third. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously who knows, but I, I would think so because TSM definitely looked like they were struggling. I'm d- I'm That's, down for that take. Here's what which, I was which say, is really like, interesting because then that means that TSM, like, if we're saying that about spring, are we saying the same thing about summer? I mean, that's kind of it's different. I think it's different. I think it's different, especially like I mean. Sp- Spring is usually about teams like struggling to find their groove, right? Because like we come together as a team, you have a new roster. Uh, summer is about perfection, perfectioning whatever you have built upon in spring already, right? And I think yeah. those are different circumstances. Yeah, because like if it's both teams are starting from zero through their first four months, which of those two teams looks better? We're saying hundred thieves, but now you're saying okay, the first three months of this hundred thieves roster with the new coach. And- and mid laner while TSM has had those already three or four months yeah. of playing together. So, you know, they do have some, you know, built in synergies. Bot lane's still going to be playing well, you would assume, for, for 100 Thieves and stuff uh, into summer, but, you know, they still have to, to figure it out a lot on the fly. Um, but I was going to say that I'm just excited about this change because to your point that you're saying earlier, that we kind of felt like 100 Thieves is in a bad way because we're like, oh, we don't know what they can actually do. M- making moves in the middle of of the split is often pretty hard, you know, usually between spring and summer. This is this is one of the biggest between spring and summer moves I can remember in a while, uh, where your top laner becomes, uh, you know, no longer an import. You get a new coach and a new mid laner using that new spot. Like, that was a, a huge move. And the financial aspect of it, you know, we can discuss, but at least on a hype level, if I'm just a 100 Thieves fan, I would be stoked about all these changes. If you're Shulk and you're worried that you might have to sell your team, you're also stoked about these changes. Hey, thanks so much, caller, for the uh, for the take uh, for staying up so late, Zinc. Hopefully, you don't have to do that again in the, the future. But... No problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I was worried it's gonna be a bit uh, too lukewarm, but I guess not. Um, I have one quick uh, challenge yeah. for you guys if you want to do it. Uh, try to pronounce uh, Amazing's last name. Like, <laughs> oh god i can't even say uh, the name of an amazing mid laner that's been around for a long time i don't know if i can say the name of amazing's last name uh, st- uh all right i'll give Stu- it a shot Stu- <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay after I... hearing travis getting oh god i was like that's probably not right but i think that was wasn't that bad but to get an oh god response it's like all right i'm not gonna touch it you're not no, gonna you, you, you basically have a german last name anyway right so yeah you gotta join in like Z- I, Zimmerman. Zimmerman, I know, but like, God, I did not learn any German. Mm. Actually, my dad taught me one uh, phrase, and I, I don't think it's that bad, but it was Doofenstein Doomkopf? You're an airhead or something? Is that right? <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe not. <laughs> right. I don't know if I said anything right. Uh, can I... Wait, can you repeat it? I... Doofen? Do... Okay, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> now, now Mark is reading uh, Twitch out, chat to see here. people's uh, attempts at spelling it out. Uh, Zinc, thank you uh, for the call, and we'll catch you next thank time. Thank you for embarrassing us on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, bye. Have a bye. good time. You too. Okay. Uh, you doing a, a read right now, or am I, get, am I grabbing another person? No, no, you're, you're good. You can grab another person. Uh, okay. Where are we? 
Uh, Craig Yorger, thank you for the 26 months uh, with the Prime. I'd shout out any other subs, but there, there aren't any other subs. So, amazing, are you in Berlin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you- I moved here at the, like, actually, I just moved, I moved here anyway because of LEC and everything like that and coaching, but then I just decided to stay here. Yeah, because I was gonna say, obviously, if you were if you were like, yeah, I'm gonna take a year off, that'd be easy for you to to go someplace else. But I I understand the wanting to stay where it makes sense. Red Factor is here. Red Factor, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from New York, New York. Back New with York? another someday take. New York, New York. What do you want to talk about on the show? Right. Yeah. So I want to hear from Amazing as uh, someone who has played with someday, albeit briefly, uh, on what he thinks are the factors that determine someday hulking out versus just kind of going through the motions until the game inevitably ends. Uh, And does he think Reaper will usher in a new era of someday and adding more consistency to him and bring back top play someday to the Rift? Well, really quickly, Mark, I mean, we haven't ever talked about this on the show, I don't think, but people, I think generally were saying this was like someday's worst split ever. Is that just as just as to set this up as like a premise for amazing conversation here was was someday at his lowest this past year or this past spring i uh i'd have to think more about that i don't think so um i mean i don't think he had an, an incredible split i thought he was he was decent through the first couple of weeks and then dropped off a little bit obviously his lock-in was actually incredible um and I think that level of performance carried through for a portion of the season before that more of the drop-off came through. Um, and I don't think he was great by the end. I think he was struggling quite a bit. But I think he had a couple other splits on this level before where, you know, someday's just never the player who, like, is going to turbo int and, like, run it down. And a lot of the times that people think that he's not playing well, it's it's when he's just not getting much done. Oh, um or he's getting outperformed by the opposing top laner. And, you know, that, that was definitely happening towards the end of the split, like, you know, the fudge rematch and some of the other things. So I, I can see where this, this take is coming from. Um, I have some examples. I, wouldn't, I don't... If you, yeah, if go I, for it, Red Factor. I, I was I mean, just going to say that. I don't think it was his worst split ever, but I'd have to, like, really go back and look at the other times where I don't think he had, uh, like, where his, his splits were mediocre. Right, yeah. So I think, like, the lock-in is an example of him, like, hulking out. But that I will say, though, like... The team as a whole was really crisp and lock in. Their play patterns were working. Uh, and he was pretty much just like playing Renekton to win. Uh, but he had a really good game on Dignitas against Dignitas. And even in that game, uh, there was some like mismatch between him and Closer. So, like, someday they had just ganked. Someday was looking for a turn uh, kill. But Closer, or Closer was already going back to like farm his camps. So like you know you should be if you're looking for a turn you should like be communicating that. And then in the following series where he was playing a lot of carry top lane, even if he was getting some advantages, right, that wasn't really trickling through the rest of the map. So I feel like um, he struggles to kind of he doesn't feel comfortable taking charge and communicating to the team what he needs to carry the game with the lead that he has. Or at least that's my sensation that I got. And, you know, Amazing has some inside information that I'm hoping to get insight from. All right, Amazing. Let us know wanna, what, what makes someday pay. go. <laughs> Say everything and worry later. That's yeah. that's our motto here. <laughs> um, what I would say about someday, and I think that's probably, like, both strength and weakness of him, is that he 
plays very, very by the book. And so what that means is like he's really good at just playing the matchups as they're supposed to be played. The problem stems, I mean, that's obviously good because then you always have a reliable force. You kind of know, okay, this matchup is going to go 55, 45, 60, 40, and somebody's going to play it out that way. But the issue arises when he has to kind of like implement his jungler in the laning phase because Kenny expects the jungler to know more than most junglers do. Like, we're stupid as fuck. We're PVing all the time. We don't... <laughs> We don't quite know like which matchups are supposed to be like i mean we, we kind of have a gut feeling for it but we don't quite know at which times we are supposed to be there in order to maximize his personal lane phase you know so i think that's where he struggles and he's also struggling at basically that he cannot he doesn't quite pop off the way that other top laners do right if for example um let's say i mean who's a, who's a good example like wonder in the past i would suppose or buipo of the past you know when he has an advantage in the, in the matchup and he knows it, that guy gets dove three times in a row. Like, that doesn't quite happen with Sunday. And I do think that it points to a, to an issue in terms of like creating synergy with his team members. And maybe what you just said, right? That he doesn't quite take take charge, take like create uh, take agency in order to basically really, really carry the game. Doesn't quite when I played it with him, he didn't seem to to want to demand too much. And he would rather just play his matchup out as it's supposed to be played out for himself i was gonna actually ask you about that and i think you, you kind of answered it there it's like i've always had the feeling like when you watch some days that he doesn't he hasn't in north america at least really synergized super well with any of the junglers he's played with like where it feels like they're elevating each other's game and blowing games open together quite like um you know when huni and rainover were together on Fnatic yeah. and immortals and like um, some of these other great top lane pairings, like you said, Yankos and, and Winder and stuff. Like, uh, it's it's definitely feels like he's always a little bit on his own island, um, for better or worse. And like you're saying, you know, he's really stable. But sometimes the team doesn't need stable. Sometimes you need that X factor in the series where you're struggling, and and it doesn't feel like he's he's been able to do that. And whether that's mindset, just struggles with North American junglers, whatever it is, uh, you know, it, it definitely feels feels like that from the outside too yeah if i can add here i think i would say the jungler that he's synergized the the best with at least from you know a viewer's perspective would be medios and then that coincided with the split where he was like literally i think i've mentioned this in, the, in my previous take where he was literally throwing like the corpse of his teammates over the finish line to get them <laughs> third that that yeah. split no, I mean he he synergized well with Medios and like honest and he seemed to synergize well in the Dignitas splits that he played. Like who, who was the jungler then? Because he seemed all tech, big. Who was the mid? Who was the jungle? I don't even right? try. He, wasn't Helios shrimp? or something like that? Shrimp? shrimp? Maybe it was shrimp. It was, I think it was shrimp. Is Travis have the the knowledge bombs over top of us? Chaser and is I think, but I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure trying it was to look it, up. it It just felt like when, when, I mean, yeah, when, when it seems like that he has organic synergy with a player, he's able to like utilize that, but he doesn't create synergy. And I think that's like, uh, that's like an issue that a lot of players actually have, which is why there's like such a difference in rating between like how I would put, for example, play, uh, rate certain players versus how like fans oftentimes rate certain players where fans see like the individual ability in the landing phase, all oh, this guy's always like five to ten CS ahead. Yeah, that, that's that's great and all, but how much does he actually do to blow this lead wide open? How much does he actually do for the team? 
how much does he actually like yeah just create you know plays for others and i think that's been a building block for someday for forever and i think that's something that Rupert could fix due to like Rupert's coaching style and the fact that he just always finds synergy amongst certain members in some kind of fashion um that kind of segues me to like an, the, the second part of my take which is about Reaper uh having a korean coach and also what i think is a more stern coach very opinionated willing to like you know like enforce his opinions even if he doesn't walk his players through them um so w do you think that'll give him like more like comfort telling the coach like oh i need this and this and this and then reaper will tell like the other people okay you do this <laughs> do you think that might be a, a solution for the team i mean yeah it could be because of what you said right i think the korean background could potentially be it you know i'm not saying that someday still kept like all the basically all his Korean attitudes and everything like that from back in the past. But uh, when what you see with a lot of Korean players, that's why, like, I guess Huni and Reino were really unique. And I think especially Huni was really unique. Is that Korean players are actually, I don't want to say obedient, but that's kind of what they seem to be. Like, that they really respect, like, the hierarchy system that you have within a team environment, right? So they will listen to the elders. They will listen to people that have, like, basically higher ranking them as do the coaches. So... It does help to have someone that is as opinionated as Reaper uh, actually in the team that is really enforcing certain things. Because if I look at the coaches that he's had in NA, at least in one of these, um, I mean, Polly is opinionated, but he didn't quite force it upon the players. You know, like, uh, Polly wasn't that kind of person. Neither is Tony, like, from what I've seen from him. So I think that Reaper being in the team and kind of like being that elderly leader to a certain extent and really forcing th certain things to happen, I think could really benefit him, yeah. Mark, do we have a Reaper take in the in the can? Um, not exactly. So if there's something you want to run with here, I'm down to entertain it. Yeah, I just while we're on the topic of Reaper and what he can get out of someday, and I think I would just broaden it to say I'm very curious to see what he can get out of this team because Reaper left. Again, this is one of those things you kind of need to read between the lines on stuff. You know, similar to when I was like, I was like, oh, Papa Smithy and like Zix are just tyrannically deciding to swap mid laners. I'm like, hey, if you listen to some of the interviews, uh, you know, Reaper left Cloud9 on good terms with the org, but I don't know if he particularly left, like, with a great sense of, for that one year, people thinking he was very successful, right? Like, they obviously had the great run, but then didn't go to Worlds, and, like, if you listen to a lot of the interviews from the players, they were kind of like, yeah, we started to not know what we were doing and we didn't feel like we were getting the support and the answers that we needed. Like there was a lot of, um, I don't know, I'll put it this way. I am looking at this 100T thing and I know this is crazy to say about Reaper, who's obviously had so much success in the past. It's kind of a redemption arc that he needs for, you know, his, C9, his final C9 year. Um, and I'm really curious because I think he's going to be stuck in an, a very tough situation where 100T, rather than like backing out, has gone in and spent even more money, brought this player over from Europe, and uh, this is a team that seemed to really need like a coach to help them fix their shit. Uh, and I'm just, I'm very curious to see how he does overall. So I don't know. I know there's a ton of Reaper fans that are like, probably in the chat right now flaming me but i am i'm very i i think reaper can be great and obviously has been in the past 
I don't think that his last act or his last performance really represented that. And I'm hoping that we get to see his like redemption for that. Hope, uh, hope the minions of Reaper fans are not going to take you down now, you know? Yeah, dude, watch out, dude. Reaper's got <laughs> hordes of fans. He's just <laughs> come out of the woodwork. No, there are, I mean, there are a lot of people who, I mean, uh, to, understandably, like he's had a ton of success as a yeah. a coach, especially internationally, just, right? It's it's not like it's it's like a, a major pro player when you when you you know throw a little shade at them. Dude, I don't think do you remember? Them. I mean, like the the most random people will have the loudest, angriest fans, right? Like it is it is wild who who has just like a very vocal group of people that'll be very upset uh, if you say and, something. T- to the point, though. Um, you know, people often think because you get to see a player's performance day in, day out, in some sense on the rift, you know, not really day in, day out, but at least like on, on weekends and, and game days, you get to see the performance. Um, people have an easier time dealing with the idea of peaks and valleys and slumps and performances and underperformances with players. And they don't really have that mindset about coaches, but it actually still holds very true. Like there's splits where as a coach, like, you do a good job. Like you squash a lot of the problems and you like had a good read on the direction your team needed to go. And like you manage the personalities well. And like you grinded really hard the same way that like sometimes pro players grind really hard and they're doing great and all this stuff. And then there's for coaches, you know, there's times where you don't address the problems fast enough or you do it poorly and you like burn some, you know, bridges with some of the players and stuff like that. Like, you know, coaches do have those arcs as well of their performance. And, you know, just because a coach is a great coach, it doesn't mean that they can't make mistakes or have a bad split or something. Um, and I think yeah. it's probable from what, like you're saying, like these interviews and stuff like that, that the last split with Reaper between the players and the coaches wasn't a great split. And that doesn't negate any of the great stuff he's done in the past and how, how many times C9 reached worlds and got out of groups under him and all this stuff. It doesn't invalidate any of that success to say there was a problem, the relationship had run its course, and, you know, they stuck with the players and released Reaper or whatever, you know, who knows exactly what went down. So, like, I, I don't think, um, you know, you don't, I don't think you need to tiptoe around saying that, like, something went wrong at C9 and it seemed like the players and him were no longer seeing eye to eye. And so he got let go. I just and don't I like think- waking up to shitty tweets, which is what happens when we post the show in the morning and then I wake up and then people are just, you know, I pick up my phone. The first thing I see is some Reaper fan yeah. or somebody screaming at me. I don't think we said anything too offensive in that little. It's all good. Don't worry, had. Travis. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I don't think they're going to kill you for that one. Don't worry, Travis. This is where you get a, a star GM like Papa Smithy to put people around Reaper to empower him to succeed. And nothing <laughs> bad will happen. Um, yes. Yeah, so like, for example, in chat, Peter is saying, you know, in 2018 Summer Splice, he's happy to admit they messed up by not thinking mages were good bot. Like, you e- know, like e- these e- are Peter. Things... What? E.G. Peter, we should say. Uh, yeah, in case people weren't sure, Peter Dunn. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like a lot of the times, you know, coaches do have their own decisions and failings and good good things that they do over the course of a split. And so I think you can, you can view this as a little bit of either revenge or redemption arc, depending on how you want to paint it for Reaper to come in, take a roster that people were, you know, wanting to see more out of. And if he's able to, just get them third, you know, one spot improvement, take down TSM. People are going to be pretty happy. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. You said revenge. So Cloud9 is not going to world second year in a row. 100 key oh, beats yeah. them oh, out. No. Send C9 out. And people could be uh, like, wow, Reaper denied Cloud9 worlds two years in a row. 
I mean, Reaper would probably have to like invade Cloud9, break a couple of hands, you know, here and there, and I think that could work then. Yeah. Otherwise, he knows their weaknesses. He's, he's yeah, hey, he, he knows where they live, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's a coach who's just willing to go the distance for his players. You know, yeah. just crack a couple of skulls, and there you go. You're. No, but the, the positive thing about Reaper is, and I think that's like probably why maybe he had a fallout with the OT9 is, is that like you can you actually talk about him as a potential difference maker, right? And I think that's a positive spin on it, you know, that um, he can make that difference because he's shown in the past to like have that authoritarian, um, like almost coaching style where he's going to tell players what to do, like, and really knows what they should be doing. And I think that sets him apart from a lot of like other coaches where. Like you will have more valleys. We know sometimes like you have the personalities that are gonna fit it. Sometimes you're not, and then suddenly like you have the performance drop off. Whereas those uh, pleasing, like you know, like helpful, supportive coaches are always gonna be okay, but they're never gonna make that big of a difference, right? So uh, valleys are gonna be there if you're trying to actually change things, and uh, valleys are not gonna be there if you're not trying to change shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, just look at the benching the main C9 guys. That split, like, that's a that's a ballsy move. And not yeah. every coach and team would have been down with that. Um, and like you're saying, sometimes that burns the bridges with the players and they hate you forever, but sometimes it rallies your team and makes you better. And, you know, he's willing to make those moves. Hey, right. think, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. I was going to ask you if you had any shout-outs, Red Factor. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, still using my uh, crisp 240 hertz uh, Alienware monitor uh, i used to die a lot in in uh, path of exile there's a new league uh now i can uh, hit that logout macro right on time wow uh kobe speaking of path of exile po kobe was playing path of exile all weekend long i went to bed at, um, on friday night kind of early i swear to god i woke up at 4 a.m he was still in his room screaming and playing he was playing with a bunch of the riot casters too uh, at what point in time so. yeah Captain Very Flowers funny. goes hard, and so does someone else. I'm trying to remember who else goes hard. I mean, James has gone hard. All of us have gone pretty hard. Freak has gone pretty hard. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much, Red Factor, for the call. Yeah, thank you for having me. Take care. Let's take a quick break, really quickly, to talk about our second sponsor of the evening. If I could put this in focus. Oh, okay. We're <laughs> almost there. Game Fuel. Look oh, you got the, a fridge? Yes. I said that at the start of the show. I don't listen to you. It just no. showed up today. Uh, I haven't filled it up completely, but I, I did put stuff. I, maybe I'm going to go grab one after this, this break because I, I had one at the start of the show. But get I kinda thirsty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this, this, they sent me this giant fridge. I thought it was going to be like a little mini fridge that I could sit on like the desk. I did not realize it was going to be – it's essentially a piece of furniture for my – office and my office is kind of small so i might have to figure you know i can't promise it's always going to be there because what you guys don't see is that i've squished some other stuff this couch is now up against like a closet anyway enough about the the logistics of my room thank you to gamefield for sending me this fridge mark if you want one i can try to get you one but i get the feeling ashley doesn't want that in the yeah i i would take one like right here next to me uh yeah. but i i think you know behind this curtain is a very cute aesthetically pleasing uh, person death oh well that too but i was talking about the desk. <laughs> and and that person will not yeah i i was thinking it about putting ruin her aesthetic i was thinking about putting in the living room but uh i don't think it matches our mid-century modern look that we're going for out there and uh kobe might you have anyway what yes what you <laughs> it didn't look like any any cohesion it's 
sick. Anyway, uh, go check out Game Fuel. Uh, you guys can check out the description in the YouTube chat for, or sorry, the YouTube YouTube description for links. I'm also going to go ahead and put it in the Twitch chat right now. Uh, and you can use code Travis to save five percent off. Um, and also, sometimes it doesn't work for people in in very specific areas in the U.S. They've actually uh, done a lot better job of expanding that availability. But if that's the case, you can actually get it off of Amazon as well. And I've seen some people do that, uh, which has been very helpful. But Either way, thank you so much to Game Fuel. Uh, thank you for the fridge. This thing is awesome. Uh, and thank you to Kobe for helping me move it in from the the front porch because it is actually a lot. It looks, you might think it's not heavy. It's very heavy. And I'm very strong. So uh, either way, yes, thank you so yes, much. To, yes, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Game Fuel, <laughs> for the uh, sponsoring the show. All right. It's really common for you, for you guys to room with one another, right? Like in. Is, is rent that high or is it just like by choice just for why like why do we live together yeah uh well for... rent is pretty high in los angeles i think la and sf and new york are like the three most expensive cities uh yeah. i think we also just like living together also during non-pandemic time he's the perfect roommate because he's literally never home he goes and he play like he goes to the gym he goes to Riot, he eats at Riot, and then he stays at Riot and, and just plays video games there until, like, very late. And so I save a ton of money uh, and get this nicer apartment, and then he's just never here. Um, and so, That's a good reason. Yeah, so it's, it's a great situation. Now, during the pandemic, when he's casting and he's screaming from the other side of this wall about who knows what's happening in a Dignitas Immortals game, that he somehow ended up casting with Captain Flowers, even though they should never have to cast a Dignitas Immortals game, uh, then it just it is it is a little distracting. So I am I'm a little excited for whenever he can end up back in the studio again because it's uh it's a little less a little less loud. Anyway, I'll get the next person. Thank you. In the chat, we got some subs. Kyle zero eight zero eight, long time no see. I'm actually you've been popping up a little bit more lately, but. You have been a little bit busy. Uh, thank you for the 39 months at Tier 2. Uh, Epic Epic Yones, thank you for the Prime. Blaine Blasphemy, the Chased One, uh, Chris Giro, and then Chris Giro gifted five subs. I uh, really do appreciate it. So many people gifting for the first time tonight. Again, I think I think people are just getting their tax refunds, and uh, <laughs> it's nice. People say Travis doesn't watch the games confirmed. Here's the fucking problem. He's he's spamming spoilers at me because there's a delay. And so I'll hear him be like, and that's the game. TSM is going to, uh, you know, storm the Nexus. And uh, and then I'm like, OK, well, this game is done. So I do watch the games. It's just like it's it's a little distracting whenever he's spoiling it for me. Um, yeah. My PS, thank you for the 41 months. Holy shit. Wait, my PS, do you still have your wrench? Did you lose it again? I can't keep up with you. What's taking Mark so long? What What did you... Uh, are you going to go to sleep after this? Amazing. What's your sleep schedule like? Um, usually like 4 a.m., 3 a.m., go to sleep. Okay. Make sure that I have, get enough solo key games in. Oh, All right. but yeah, I guess I guess I should probably go to sleep after this one. Boxcar is here. Boxcar, where are you calling from? I am calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Ooh, you're a little quiet. I'm turning you up, but if you can get a little closer to your microphone, that would be great. Uh, is that any better? 
Yeah, you were saying Atlanta, Georgia, yes? Yes, Atlanta, Georgia. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I said that the pickup of Abadage is a really good move by Hunter Thieves, and it makes them a championship contender. And it also kind of shows that um, Hunter Thieves is the only good new orc who's actually made like legitimate roster moves to compete. Oh, we went very, we were very specific, and then we went very broad. Okay, yeah. why is Abadage such a great pickup? So it's I heard he was middle of the pack. So I think he may be middle of the pack in Europe, but middle of the pack not really in skill. Um, but Abadage, I think, is maybe could be third, maybe even second. May might be able to beat Jensen out. Um, you know, based on if things click and all that. Um, I also think Reaper's a really good pickup, which allows them to actually be like is a, is another main component of being a contender. Um, do you want me to kind of go into that now, or do you want to? No, I mean, I just if it seems it seems like it seems like you kind of have two two takes here. So I'm just kind of trying to break down which which one is you feel stronger about. You just sounds like you've got a lot of faith in Abadage, and you think he's going to be really good over here. Well, the Abadage and Reaper combo, but yeah. Okay, so let's just take your faith and uh, and apply it. Why? What does this mean about Hunter T being best new org, etc.? So the new org thing, I I think other new organizations have like done some good moves that could possibly like lead to a championship but then they don't get they don't cross the finish line like i can bring in like i can say the example of like eg or like FlyQuest, if you want me to sure i mean sure go ahead um so with eg uh i think like impact sunscaren are really good players i think jazuke is you know a really good player um but you know with championship teams there's always like you have your star players and you have your role players I think Svenskeren and Impact are really good people to have as your role players, but they shouldn't yeah. be like who you're looking for to be your number one guy. Um, so like they never fully get across. Like they they have these good role players, but then they pick up like another decent role player, like Defly or Ignar and Jazuke. I feel like they have five role players instead of solid role players and a star per se. Um, and then how that ties into Hundred Thieves is uh, their bot lane. I think is has an argument of being the best in the league. Um, Abadage can be a top two, maybe top three mid laner in the league. If someday uh, Enclosure can actually connect the split, they can act- they can be a top, you know, one or two duo up there. So but One thing I've noticed is that you seem to be saying, like, championship teams, or, like, none of these other teams have done a good job of building, like, a championship team. Do you think that the Hunter T roster that has been, has been built is a championship contender? I think so, uh, because I think they stack up and, like, they could stack up within, like, top one through three in each position. That's the stretch that's tough for me. Because I don't, it's like, I, I mean, I, again, I think we've spent a lot of time talking about them as potentially a third making it to Worlds. I don't know. It's very difficult to see them bring in a coach, bring in a different mid laner, and then now this is a team that can take down Cloud9 or Team Liquid in the finals. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I can see the stretch. I think it's a stretch, um, but if I'll give him a little bit of a, you know, credit, I would say, like, at their peak of each of their careers, if you line them all up, you know, uh, then sure. I mean, even even some days in a career, there's been times where he's been top two or contending for best top laner in the role. Um 
Blabber's basically been the best jungler since he's earned his starting spot. Um, but you know, maybe closer and some and Santorin could go toe to toe. Mid lane again. Perks is probably going to be better than Abadage every time. But you know, maybe it's close. Maybe he can edge out Jensen. The bot lane uh, was the strongest point for them last year. I would say they had the best laning bot lane. I think who he dropped off a little bit in terms of his playmaking, especially outside laning phase. But uh, he had had good roams and stuff before. So. Sure. If literally every star aligns, then they could be challenging for some of the best in role across the board. I just don't think that, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that to happen. Yeah. I will I mean, say. Oh, go ahead, amazing. I mean, what he's talked like what he talked about about like Abadaga potentially being like obviously top two, right? That's what he kind of kind of said, right? I think the good thing about Abadaga, no matter what is, and I, th I kind of like have been thinking about this now, is that he's actually giving someday the option to like kind of not have to be the main carry, right? We talked about role players a bit and like star players. I think Abadaga per se actually has star player abilities. I don't think he's a role player. I think he's someone you can play around easily. I think that already helps like the rest of the roster. So it should actually alleviate a lot of the issues that someday has had over the course of the last split. I, I agree with that too, because like the 100 Thieves playstyle that they had with DeMonte and like kind of the Golden Guardians way was very early game oriented. Even on Golden Guardians, they were often playing with like priority and Italy jungler to like try and make plays and stuff. And they, you know, that's that's kind of been their, their entire identity, but I don't think in theory it needs to be like that. Like someday's a good team fighter. FBI is a good team fighter. Abadage is going to be a good team fighter. And their team fighting was pretty bad last split, but if you know they actually court start coordinating better, you know, like they can have an identity where like Abadage and FBI are like two of your big threats, and some days more filling in the cracks of the team comp and stuff like that. And like, I, I think that they can find a good good uh, play style. I to bring it kind of back. Yeah, Hunter T is the best new org. They're the best non-endemic. Uh, they're the best non-endemic in terms of branding. They're the best non-endemic in terms of, I I want to say results over the years, though maybe perhaps FlyQuest is up there as well. Um, they are the best non-endemic in terms of, I don't know, sponsorship, uh, what, what they've been able to do from a sponsor perspective and building fandom and all this stuff. And so I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to disagree with that. Um, they came in. They spent a lot of money. They've certainly brought brought in a ton of sponsors, I think, that has helped them do that. Um, and they've made a name for themselves in the league. And I think they are very obviously the fourth most popular team in the league right now. So, um, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I don't I don't know if anyone would disagree. I have a, a follow-up question. If I can maybe ask. Sure. Um, Mark, I know you watch, you know, basketball a lot. Um, and my, my point, like kind of an analogy for this would be um, like, I'm not necessarily saying 100 Thieves will win the split or will win a championship, but I think it's the first time a, a, a new team has been able to contest. So like, if you would like, you know, the Lakers are probably going to win again, but like if you said the Milwaukee Bucks might, like I think the 100 Thieves are the Milwaukee Bucks in the scenario where it's like, hey, like, they could win a championship this year. I mean, year. they've been to finals before. 
to be clear. Yeah, I remember that, but I didn't think they were I didn't think there was actually a chance they'd win that. I didn't I, I've never thought that one of the other newer orgs could actually win the championship they were in. I just like I definitely feel like they had a better chance of winning in that year. Like I don't even know if they're going to make finals this year. Like I would be surprised if they end up in the finals over C9 and TL or TSM somehow get in in there. I, I don't know. Like I it's just it's tough for me. Um it's tough. I mean, well, we'll just have to go with Amazing's, uh, you know, guarantee that TL implodes and 100 to use goes What's over guarantee? I agree. <laughs> I actually I would... put put a cup of K down, you know, just, just to make the bet. Jesus. I'm hoping Can't Amazing's right. Uh, Boxcar, <laughs> thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller? Yeah, well, the first off, the obvious shout out of Game Fuel and Alienware. Uh, you know, thank them for... You know, supporting you and your content. I've been a long-time watcher. This is my first time calling. Um, I've also been a huge TSM fan since the beginning of Season 4 uh, when Bjergsen joined. So, amazing. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And I remember watching, you know, Worlds that year and that, you know, Samsung White series. <laughs> but, you know. Good one. Huge, huge, <laughs> fan, huge fan of all you guys. Glad, you know, I'm glad to be on. You know, hope you guys have a good night. Boxcar, thanks so Thank much. You. It's always nice to, to hear. Uh and hey, if if Hunter T ends up winning this, you're gonna look like a god. <laughs> I'll catch you next time. Maybe. Yep. See ya. See ya. All right, we've got two more callers to go. Uh, we got Dasher seven 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 seven. Thank you for the ten months and Lit Drummer Boy for the nine months. How you guys doing in Twitch chat? Uh, taking a look at look at folks, seeing some interesting stuff. The light. You, I think I saw the light. Right, amazing. The sun is up now. I saw you pull back your curtain. Starting, man. It's starting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh boy. It is. Uh, it is definitely bright out there. Zyfix is here. Zyfix, is that how you say the name? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Denmark. Denmark. My God. I don't know what it is with the most recent episodes, but I feel like we've had more international callers than we've had. I mean, Amazing's bringing bringing all the the Europeans over. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, but he's not. We've had a bunch recently on other calls too. So I don't, maybe North America is just no longer watching LCS. We've now <laughs> truly it is. <laughs> we it don't is, realize. Check, we check we your fill YouTube our analytic. league with import players, and now only people from those regions watch our league. We import import percent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Zyfix, uh, don't tell the don't tell the North American market or uh, marketing budgets. Zyfix, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yes, I'm gonna steal you a topic from earlier. Um, so ever since the models and embeddings, I think the teams have inflated the salaries to a point where it is no longer sustainable or profitable at all. Um, and the whole culture in NA is just that you have to spend insane money to become good. And we see that with Reggie bragging about spending more money on one player than another team on their entire budget, um, which I think is pretty crazy to be bragging about. I think it's quite pathetic, if I have to be honest. <laughs> um, and I think some teams uh, realize this, and that is why they try to impose the, the import rule. And due to backlash, they just ignored it at this point. Um, so yeah, I think... And it's quite doomed unless something changes. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. So you, sorry, you were saying you think some of the teams wanted to lift the import rule to help bring prices down on Saturday? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Oh boy. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think teams should be spending as much money. I think when when I see Nate Shot tweet question mark question mark at somebody who's t- talking about how expensive it is to be in North America and the LCS and to be competitive, uh, that's question mark question mark. That's how I feel to this entire league. All right. I to be fair, I think I think those question marks may have been directed at, like because. Savvy also worked for one of these at, at, a certain, at a certain point, right? So maybe it was more like, yeah, why would anyone f- from a different team that is also spending a shit ton of money like EG does, right, suddenly decide to partake in talking about the NA infrastructure when they're part of the issue, right? I think that's at least my interpretation of it, you know? But uh, I'm looking, hang on, I'm looking up the... the uh, you're, I think you're, you are, I mean, I know you're right about the, like she used to be there, but... Uh, what are you looking up? She works at EG now. No, I was looking at the the total payroll for EG. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to agree. It is very strange because EG spends a fuck ton of money. That's that's a fair. Well, point. leak it all, Travis. When's when's well, your wins per dollar spent thing coming out? <laughs> when, I, exactly. when I I'm get off my ass and do it, I should have done it last week. Um, because I have the data now, but. Uh, my apologies to people who've been waiting for that. It's my my failure as a human being. At um, least you can, we can use it for next week's episode. But yeah, I I had assumed, you know, based off that comment that EG was, I mean, everyone knew EG spent a fair amount. I mean, like their roster is not going to be cheap. Impact was probably worth a pretty penny. Some of the the FlyQuest, uh, you know, like Ignar and and Sven from C9. I don't know if he's still on that first contract. Still, so it's like I can see a world where their roster is not cheap. You know, it's not in the kind of rebuilding team category, but if it's still close, if it's closer to the competing team's salary, that is surprising. I mean, it's 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 weird because buyouts are so crazy, and the buyouts are not listed in in your total payroll. Um, no, that like no. they still might be way lower than what uh, these other teams paid, which is scary because the EG number is so high. Uh, but like, right, I, I don't think they had any buyouts this year. At least, they did. They certainly did last year. But they don't. I don't think they had really because Impact was free agent, and they were all free agents. Did they? I think they bought. No, yeah, you're right. They bought Sven in the initial deal from no, no, C9 no. Yes. with with a, with Zazel and a couple others, but no one else is yeah. right. So, so actually, I mean. So I, I, you can kind of look at it both ways. Nadeshot can be like, well, your payroll is so high. On the other hand, EG can be like, why are people spending a million dollars in the middle of the year to pick up uh, what Amazing says is a mid-tier mid-laner out of hey, the hey, 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 I said, I said upper middle oh, class. Middle okay. of the pack. Middle of the pack, sorry. No, no, no. I said upper middle class. You said upper middle class, which doesn't make sense. It's uh, That's like an economical term. Uh, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Mark Zimmerman. I know it's an economical term, like, but I'm saying he's de- he is he sets himself apart from the middle of the pack. I would say, but he's not quite at the same level that I put I put caps at. Uh, but he can de- he can compete with Larson and he can compete with Humanoid on a given I day. I realize okay. this. I just like turning it into it. He's I know. got no he's got no debt. All right, he's got some some yeah, investments yeah. going on. Uh, Living After Mark a... finally sends his invoice for the past five months of Hotline Leak, he's going to be upper middle class. I'll tell you that hmm. much. Um, okay. So, anyway, setting aside the, the Nate Shot Twitter drama, 
Um, yeah, it's unsustainable. This shit's unsustainable. I don't, I, we can't keep spending this much money. The league is not going to make enough money to compensate for this. Certainly not whenever the league can't get media rights fucking sold for it. Like, it's just, we're not there. Viewership is sliding a bit. Like, it's it's fine. It's not like the whole league is going to collapse. But, like, we need to stop acting as though we have... It makes sense to spend $5 million plus in total payroll, plus buyouts, plus whatever, a year when these teams are probably lucky to be generating a couple million a year. But how, much, how much of the spending patterns is tied to... Like, I mean, this I could just be sounding stupid here, right? Because I, but I've I've seen obviously like the 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 almost like um like overspending or overproduction of like the facilities and everything like that that they proclaim to have like built thirty five million, fifty million facilities, you know, like dollar facilities. Like, how much of the spending plans in terms of like um the players and like the staff that they versus what that they that they have? I mean, when does I that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, my question is that does does that tie into like trying to stay like i mean trying to like reel in more and more venture capital uh and to basically like kind of say okay this is what we need to spend in order to like you know grow continuously so we have to spend this and like venture capital please spend more on us and everything like that to kind of yeah. keep the payroll going so i think there's there's a lot of different things here and it depends on the team so i think if you are team liquid you have told everyone that you're the best and you're the most competitive team and that you will spend whatever it takes to win. And so yeah. it's hard for you whenever salaries and stuff keep going up and the cost to, to get people to not keep doing that. Cause like, what is team liquid? Like what is team liquid? If not a winning team, like there's a of bit of a, I mean, cloud Nine's kind of in a similar situation, but they've proven that they can win without spending. Although now obviously they're spending a shit ton. Um, and then like TSM can say, oh, well, we've got, you know, our, we're the most popular and like, we've got our other, like our websites and all that stuff. Right. And so, so they've got that thing. I think there's a lot of these teams that have people who make, Sam, you can close my door if you want. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that have very wealthy people who have invested in them so that they can say that they own a sports team slash esports team. And these people don't like owning something that loses a lot. And yeah. so I actually do think that there's oftentimes a situation where like the the investors or whoever are just saying like, yeah, yeah, I can get you the money. Well, we'll get you the money. This is going to make money at some point in time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I was going to do it. Um, with regards to like the training facilities and all that stuff, one, I think those numbers are, I mean, you, again, I've mentioned this before, like TSM called their training facility like a $20 million or $30 million training facility and then hundred T came out and said theirs was like 35 million. And suddenly the next time TSM talked about theirs, theirs were like 50 million. So I, I take all those numbers with pretty huge grains of salt. I also think that those things kind of pay for themselves because you like have all this like sponsored opportunity. You can call it the cash app compound or the Totino's pizza rolls driveway. You know, the, there's all those, those types of things. So I worry less about the money that's being spent on these physical facilities, but I just like, when you get down to it, I do not think that, an LCS team is going to ever be a situation where you're making, I don't know, five to $10 million back yeah. on it. And, um, and I think that's a struggle. I mean, have any, like, has there been any communication like between like the, um, in open up communication that we know about, like between uh, the organizations and like kind of the investors, like when, when they think they should be profitable, because in EU, we have had these discussions like through, 
I think Schalke has been really public about it that they said we want to be want to be profitable within the next five years. Like, has there been any open timeline that any and A Orc has kind of like talked about, or has it just I mean, been whatever? TSM will tell you they're profitable, uh, but it's really tough because they have basically like a tech business that's attached to theirs, yeah. and so like I've also, I've always taken that with a grain of salt too, right? Yeah. Um, I. No, to answer your question, like no one has come out and said like, oh, we're going to be profitable in this situation or we're going to be profitable on that. Um, I think there are some teams that could potentially be profitable based off my limited knowledge of the economics here when you're paying minimum. Like yeah. there might be a world where like Golden Guardians is like break even or like they don't have too many sponsors themselves, but like the league rev shares back to them. And like if they're spending some uh, you know like they're they're spending minimum like i wouldn't be surprised if they're close to it or something you know i i guess i don't know how much their their facility and all that stuff is so um, right someone in twitch has says nate shot has said that the company as a whole is profitable um but that's it's hard to separate yeah because let's say you're an investor and you're generating all this money let's say through the podcast with Nate Shot and Courage, and you have your deals that you're working with all your influencers and stuff. At some point, you look at your esports budget and you're like, "All right, these guys cost me six million a year, and uh, don't earn that shit back. Goodbye." You know, like that's the. Well, it's not necessarily you're... goodbye. It's just like maybe goodbye or... to specific players or whatever. Like I think, right? What, whatever. The point is like. Even if a company as a whole is profitable, that still doesn't necessarily mean that the esports situation is in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I guess look, it's I I would take Nade Shots. My, our company is profitable the same way I take Reggie's. Our company is profitable thing um, because it's just like it's it's way too broad, and like again, unless my understanding of sponsorship valuations in this in this space are completely wrong and my understand maybe they are, I don't know. And my understanding of what the league is probably making is completely wrong, but what they're rev sharing back. Like I can't, I can't imagine that the league team turns a profit. Uh, certainly not this year um, after yeah. they spent so much money. So, I mean, in one sense it's like, okay, you know, startups lose money. And every time I talk about this stuff, everybody quotes that back at me, you know, but yeah, also like to Mark's point, is the else is spending all this money on the LCS team going to help Hundred T? It might increase their valuation, and like there's certainly an org that is like looking at making becoming very very valuable and like having all these big celebrity investors and all this stuff. But like, and so maybe that's why you do it if because you feel like going to Worlds really does a lot for you that way. But um, I don't people. Know. Something else people are throwing is like, oh man, Hundred Thieves merch drop. Of course they're profitable, and they're they're saying all this merch stuff. And again, yeah, right. Almost that... selling so much fucking merch for Hundred Thieves people. <laughs> like, that was, I was about to say again. You look at your YouTube analytics. You look at where the, the traffic's getting driven from. Like, assuming you have anyone competent running your sales team, you can quickly figure out where yeah. people are or why people are clicking that. And I would bet the esports team is not the one. You know, someday tweeting out like, check out our new dope streetwear is is quite as powerful as Valkyrie as, doing it. Yeah, Valkyrie, I mean, it, yeah. I'm really curious. What is, here's a question that I'd love to ask Nate Shot that I'd never be able to get an answer to. And it's probably more of a, a Ron Jobinson question, but would you <laughs> rather... Ron Jobinson. Ron Jobinson. It's his Twitter handle. I know, it's so funny. That... I know. 
But would you rather have your LCS team or would you rather have Valkyrie and Courage? If you could only have one of those. There's a train heading at your LCS team and a car <laughs> yes. full of your top influencers. And yes. you can, it's, on it's not the just track. your team, you it's your spot. The train. You're going to lose your LCS spot. Um, <laughs> you know, or you're going to lose Courage and Valkyrie. My, my gut feeling tells me that would actually choose the, the LCS team. To uh, save or to send the train at? To save. To save. Hmm. No, because like I, I do feel like that they're really committed to the cause of like trying to make that esports team actually work. You know, it's not. Like, I mean, when also when I was there, obviously I have that first-hand experience that I really felt like there was commitment, especially from the higher ups, to actually make things work. Which is something you don't really have with every organization, where some organizations are like, eh, I guess yeah, just let it be, and it's it, it sort itself out, right? Um, but yeah, like, I mean, to come back to the point, I guess I just. To, to me, it's still so ba baffling that this whole VC capital, I mean, venture capital kind of thing actually established itself and became such a norm for the SES as a standard, right? Because w if you look at the history, like season four, season, I mean, season four, season five, NA didn't pay much more than EU, if at all, right? And then suddenly, like, it, shit hits, hits the fan and uh, we have no Winston coming over. Uh, and make it making a bit of a scene and for some reason instead of like actually trying to hedge against it uh everyone else just thought this would be a good idea to kind of join in on and i like it must be based just purely based upon future evaluations that you just hope that this will allow your company to grow faster but it seems really weird for like some of those grassroots teams to actually have picked it up in that, that kind of manner you know and well, given up ownership stakes and that kind of stuff in favor of investors well, it's because, like, what did I would love to know what Riot sold these guys? Like, whenever you say this is going to be, you have to give us ten million dollars, and it's going to be huge, and League is going to be a multi generational sport, and all the stuff that they say, and and the numbers at the time, the LCS numbers were like good. You know, uh, we had not we had not hit the speed bump that we'd hit so far. Or we'd hit, and you're seeing sold at Madison Square Garden, et cetera, et cetera. Like, again, remember that it's not just VC. A lot of these are like NBA teams or whatever, right? You know, saying, mm. hey, we're going to spend $10 million to get in, and then, like, our budget is, like, 3 to $5 million. Like, that's a rounding error a lot of the time. Maybe not in a post-pandemic year. I don't for, know about you know, that. For, but, oh, no, but, like, <laughs> you know, for, like, a Golden Guardians or something like that, uh, when they're, they're lifting trophies in the NBA – Spending that much money is probably not that spooky. Obviously, this year it's very different. Um, yeah, you know, same same thing. You know, same thing for FlyQuest. FlyQuest was spending so little at the time, and they're owned by very rich people. Like, I, again, I don't own a house in LA, but some of these people own multiple homes in LA, and so adding a team is very easy. It's like buying another house. Um, so I don't know. I just I. I I am not surprised that this happened. You know, obviously America has like a crazy startup culture. Uh, yeah. You know, all these team, these wealthy people have invested in traditional sports teams that have seen their valuations skyrocket. Oh man, I need to find the stupid, the worst fucking esports quote I've ever seen because it's so related to this. But Mark, fill time for me. All right. So one of the things I wanted to say too is we we used hundred thieves in, in a lot of the examples we were talking about when we we're. T discussing a lot of this stuff just because one they just made a lot of big roster moves and they're one of the more uh easy teams to talk about but i think 
in a lot of ways, these are points that are even more relevant to the mid-tier teams um, who don't have that great arm that we were talking about with the influencer side and the merch side and a lot of the other stuff because they actually have been one of the best teams in the league um, on that kind of level. So, you know, we're talking about these concerns for, for 100 Thieves, but realistically, they're actually great. And we're, we're much more concerned when you start talking about the CLGs maybe and some of the other um, orgs at those levels. Um, and, you know, it's I actually think... Uh, 100 Thieves has, has been phenomenal for the scene, like we've said. And the, yeah. the questions are much broader about the entire ecosystem than just 100 Thieves, though we often use them as the the focus for this episode. Yeah, this amazing it just feels like time now. They will forever be stuck in this pattern of like having to keep spending, keep spending, keep spending, you know, just like... Uh, kind of warrant their their investments so far, you know, it's like some cost fallacy to a certain extent. But like, I I just wonder how it's gonna happen that people are gonna pull their money out. You know, if it if it ever happens, and under which circumstances, what makes them do that? You know. Yeah, because uh, I mean, even though we've been in um, the oh my god, not relegated the franchise system. Excuse me. Uh, we, you know, we have still seen turnover, like clutch gaming dipping out. Um, and Dignitas the toss taking over, you know, there, there has been some sales of teams. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what all the motivations were for, for some of those changes, but you know, Echo Fox is gone. Optic is gone. Um, you know, I, I'm just, it's not like it's been a hundred percent. Like these are the 10 teams we picked and everyone, yeah. you know, probably had three to five year valuations of where they wanted the league to be. And the fact that like not all 10 are still here, means some stuff has probably gone wrong uh, on that. I don't know, Travis, uh, how much more time do you need? Leon, so, well, I can't find it. I will find it at some point in time before the end of the episode. But uh, Ted Leonsis, who is one of the investors in Team Liquid, said back in 2019 that Team Liquid was worth more than the Capitals when he bought them. Um, and the Capitals are Washington's um, traditional. Hockey team. Yeah, yeah. So... So whenever you you see stuff like this, you know I think that's when you're like, oh well, of course, you know, like the these teams are popping off in valuation, and like again, if you think Team Liquid is worth two hundred million dollars, then like why shouldn't you pay uh, one of your players five hundred thousand more, or pay a million dollars to get like the player that's going to help you that you think is going to help you win worlds, even though again, like it things don't really seem to go that way. Ziffix, I know we've we've rambled and gone on for quite some time, but I hope I hope this addresses a lot of your your yeah. your thoughts. I think so it does. So. Very good. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our last caller? Yeah, I want to shout out EU Masters. Maybe some of the NA teams should look into that instead of paying so much money. I think that's maybe a good idea. And just shout out to to you, Travis. I think it's. You're doing a great job with this. Thank you. <laughs> I try. I try. I agree. Civix, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for the call, and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya. All right. Off to our last caller right now. Mark is grabbing him. Uh, for Kobe, thank you for the 20 months. Uh, Chef Daddy, 93, thank you for the 14 months. <laughs> Ao Fishy, Jaffy, 58, uh, thank you all for the subs. Warden Winters here. Warden, what do you want to, or sorry, where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from State College, Pennsylvania now instead of Idaho. 
Oh, so. well, welcome and congratulations on the move. Hopefully you, you've enjoyed it. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So I've got a real hot take here. The Travis Gafford Industries, the real future, is in the books content area, not in esports. Is this actually the call? Time to it. Mark? This is you... the actual call? This is the actual oh, call. It's 910. I'm not picking a real call for the last one. <sighs> your, your number one video is your interview with uh, Brandis Anderson. You can tell from you know, just your engagement in the scene that that's where your real passion is and that's where you should go. My number one video by what metric? By uh, views on the Travis Gafford's books channel. Oh, yes, but I feel like I have another <laughs> channel that perhaps is amazing. Do you oh, read? Yeah. Do I read? I mean, I can. <laughs> Do you read for pleasure? Uh, no, I don't read for pleasure. If anything, I read nonfiction. Okay, well, uh, let me tell you about a guy named Brandon Sanderson. Uh, he's he's yeah. amazing. Uh, okay, well, I don't know. I Here's the problem. I look to many booktubers, and... Uh, I don't see the brand deal opportunities. The the publishing world does not have as many fantastic sponsors. I don't think if I could get Game Fuel or Alienware to compensate me uh, for the services I provide them if I was covering fantasy novels. Uh, so how feel- do you do you have a business plan for me, Warden Winter? <laughs> well, I mean, if if you could get in with someone like Tor or Penguin to kind of just serve as an extra kind of advertising or influencing arm, then you could kind of leverage that, but you'd have to kind of make sure you can get more author content. I mean, I don't, I am not concerned about getting author content. I think it's very easy. The problem is these guys don't need to pay anybody to interview their authors, right? Like Travis, you're telling me Amp Game or uh, Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Mountain Dew. I swear to God, it's diff- because it's it still diff- says Amp. I know. For everyone who doesn't know, Mountain Dew Game Fuel used to be called Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel. Last year they dropped the Amp. Mark reads the label constantly, and so he still. And well, because the zero calorie ones still have it on my my labels. Yes. Anyways, my point is they would definitely sponsor you for a reading channel. You know, like this stuff's going to keep you focused. As you're trying to speed read through the latest yeah. release of, so of I, a Brandon Sanderson book. I want to be clear. I think, reading. I think yeah. legally we have to say that uh, the ingredients in Game Field have been shown to improve focus. But I don't think we can legally say that either reading specific books or Game Field will, will improve your focus. Uh, no, I'm just, just saying you'll de- like it'll help you, you know, stay. It'll help you when you're reading. You'll, you'll be alert. You'll be ready to go. Yes, I think not also be the, off the ingredients have been shown tea. to prove alertness. I just want to make sure I don't run into uh... as we as we do, you know, like before you read the book, you always have to game fuel it up. It's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna sit down and have a reading. You know, <laughs> you know they should I, rebrand. I will reading say, okay. fuel. <laughs> I, they they uh, they were not making. I mean, they sponsored I think TSM previously and and CLG, but they were not making specific plays in the League of Legends space until they they started working with me. Um, and so I'm a little worried if I'm like, okay, now that you guys have tried League of Legends and it's been going well for about five months, let me tell you about my fantasy book channel. Um, Wait, what? how many subs do you have? How many subs do you have in that? that <laughs> like none. I have. It's post. only like a. Th- I've posted like we've posted like four videos and it's got like a thousand subs. Where I think 
Is it a thousand uh, or is it like a hundred? It's some point seven. I'm at two point seven. Okay, it's it is doing okay. I will admit. Um, Last was two months ago. The Brandon Sanderson interview has outperformed some of my LCS content recently. Uh, there, there are some uh, pro players who do not get the numbers that the Brandon Sanderson interview got. So the problem is I can't interview Brandon Sanderson every week. Um, I mean, at least unless he decides to really start committing more of his time to to my book channel. Um, Sindro says he's found your esports channel through your book channel. So think about that. I don't believe who's that funneling who's funneling who. I don't believe that for a second. I really want to find this fucking worst Peter Goober take of all time. And I can't, I've been looking constantly. Hans Goober? Warden Winter, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else that you want to say? No, this? just uh, I, I'm really waiting for that next Travis Crafted Books video drop because, you know, <laughs> we're sitting in this content drought. Uh, for the channel, you mean? Yeah. You need to eat more. I mean, I've been, like, <laughs> everyone, I've been really bad about getting stuff done this past two weeks. So I, it's not just the book channel that's suffering, it's the esports channel that's suffering more. And I, that one I actually have sponsors for. So I need to, uh, I need to focus more on that first. But I, I promise I will get back to the book channel. I think about it frequently and it, normally I feel guilty because I, I had more plans. Um, and I and I haven't I brought them to fruition. Um, all right, Ward and Winter, thanks so much for the call. Yeah, thanks. Good night. Yeah, have a good, good one. All right, that's the show. I can't find this fucking tweet. I wish I could. Um, probably deleted it, but a bunch of people probably memed it if it was that bad. And no, it was it. A, a reporter, and then I retweeted it at some point in time. Um, anyway. All right. Hi. This is the show. Mark, what do you got for us for shout out? <laughs> this is the most distracted ending to the show I've ever seen. It is because like, I'm uh... so tilted because that tweet sums up every problem that ha exists with the investments that have been made into esports. Mark, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? Nothing. Uh, Pokemon Snap is uh, a week and a half away. I can't wait. Are you going to play it? I don't think yeah. it's going to be... I remember liking the original Pokemon Snap. That thing was very short. It was like, pretty quick to beat if you knew what you were doing. But, like, yeah. I had a great time with it, and it looks like there's a bunch of new features. So, there you go. I get the feeling what that people are going to be... Oh, go ahead. Is it the one we have to take pictures of? Yeah. What is Fuck it? yeah. Respectable? Okay. <laughs> Respectable? Well, that's it. That's, that's all I have going on. That's <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, wait, how are you? Are you actually? You want to ask me if I'm working MSI? Is that what you're about to ask? I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, are you not doing much? Who can say? Okay. That's a, that's a yes right there. That's a yes. He's working. He's working. Or it's uh, a no. He, but he's it also not no. on site, so he's, he's not priority. He's just... <laughs> <laughs> What do you got for us, Amazing? What do you want to shout out? Shout out to the Good Morning Sun that I can now see. <laughs> it just came up and a couple of trains in the back. I think that's about it. You got nothing more. Well. And I guess to my solo key teammates uh, that have carried me back to 400 LP, I'm really appreciative. Thank you, guys. 
You didn't do anything yourself. You just got carried. That's how it is. I found it. I what fucking it? found oh, it. It wasn't Goober. Want... It was Ted Leonsis. That's why I've, I was having such an issue. Let me see if I can pull this tweet up. Okay, Ted Leonsis. This isn't the greatest fucking tweet of all time. I'm going to be so mad. Hey, yeah. You've been talking about it for like Oh, God. Minutes. It's not a... Vi- what? That's it? I don't know. I don't know why... <laughs> It's Dude, this working. is so. That's great. You know, I'm glad you found that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And can, at least, can you not just slip up? You know, and, like show the wrong tweet or something like that now, like to actually make it hype. Let's see if this this one works. Why is Twitter? Stop trying out? to look at it in incognito windows. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm not. It's, it's, it's. I'm bringing it in as a source to the thing. Okay, so this is uh, back in 2019, May of 2019. Ted Leonsis was on. Um, was talking about a bunch of stuff on a panel and one of the things okay so this is where he said in just five years team liquid has become worth more than what he paid for the capitals but then he said leonzis says he believes that in 10 years an nba 2k league player will become better known and better paid paid than lebron james is today that's a that's a, yeah, that's a meme for and just to be clear, these are people who are spending a fuck ton of money investing into esports. And when that is the premise you are operating under, of course you think it's okay to spend a million dollars on a player because that player could become. That's an NBA 2K League. NBA. Have you guys ever watched it? Like NBA 2K League? No. No. Yeah. It's the most. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt the players or anything like that. But what is my incentive to watch it if I can just watch the real NBA? Why would I watch other people play individual characters in the video game instead of just watching? I don't think Travis or I are going to be the one to give you a satisfying answer to that question. <laughs> this has been Hotline League episode one sixty nine. I want to thank Mark and Amazing for coming on. I want to thank. All of our amazing callers I had a great time. Sorry, sometimes I know we lately we've been I've been I have been a little bit more negative and a little bit more bitter. I'm gonna work on we're gonna have some happy peppy stuff to come up soon as we're excited for Cloud Nine to beat out Mad Lions, who they are favored against, according to Amazing. Uh, and thanks everyone for watching. We will catch you next time. <laughs>